this week on Invasion of the Podcast, Netflix is taking all of the knives. Two icons are finally duking it out on the big screen. That's right. We're talking Freddy versus Jason. And we find out who is the true serial killer. We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen. I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of the realm of tension. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we try to take over the world one listener at a time. Uh, my name is Paul. Uh, somewhere out there, lurking in the shadows, is Steve. Hello, everyone. How are you on this fine, fine, I don't know, March evening? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it, the weather's still a little like wobbly in terms of the temperature, but I feel like we're firmly out of winter, so I'm happy about this. Like, there's oh, something about, son. Yeah, there's You're something about, like, this. yeah. There's something about like like spring fifties in the spring versus fifties in fall that feels so much more refreshing to me. You know, like I'm like running around outside just like a banana hammock, whatever. It's fine. Like we're good. We're good. It's almost you know. It's almost summer. Um, yeah, I don't have a banana hammock. I you know it's I, but I did um, start busting out the cargo shorts earlier than usual because I realized that my jeans were ripped. So like the last couple weeks of winter, people are like looking at me like that guy, you know, like there's always that one guy that wears cargos, like no matter what season it is. And I didn't want to be that guy, but I became that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I don't know that what's the earliest. I I mean, I guess in the house I'm, I'm wearing shorts, but uh, I'm not leaving the house in shorts, but to be fair, I'm not leaving the house very much at all. That's fair as well. But it's just, you know, like, is it like you are we allowed to wear cargos till Labor Day? Like, is it like, is that what? <laughs> there, yeah. There's no set rule, but I have been bit uh, many a time by like, oh, I'm going to wear my cargo shorts in like the beginning of May. And because like, I've convinced myself that it's nice and warm out and it's still like 45. And then I end up regretting it the entire day. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's uh, spring is here. It's, it's quite wonderful. Um, we're, um, we're, it's the last day of March we're recording. So we'll release this on April fools. We don't have any, as I say, we don't have any jokes planned. I mean, that implies that we don't really have any jokes for the show, which is probably accurate as well. Uh, but what are you talking about after my scintillating discussion of, of cargo shorts? And, uh, I, and I said, but hammock. So there we go. Like that's, that's, that's the height of the show. It's only downhill from here. Uh, what I was going to say though, since this is the last day of March, uh, the like, not only we're we getting some news, we're getting into like some of the stuff we watched over the weekend. So you guys are just super ready for that. I know. Um, we're going to have a discussion about a versus movie, uh, Freddy versus Jason. And we'll talk about when we pick this film, uh, versus Godzilla versus Kong, because, um, that came out today. And also because I've been a bad monster watcher and I'm not seeing skull Island or uh, king of monsters. So I didn't want or king of the monsters. So I didn't really feel like that we were in a good position to talk about like the, the fourth movie in the series. 
that seems fair. So, so Steve's like, what about Freddy versus Jason? I'm like, perfect. You know, like that one, I've seen all the movies going up to that one. Uh, so that'll be fun. But we have a game at the end. And since it's the last day of March, I'm doing a March madness, like bracket thing. Uh, it's at 16, 16 entrants. Uh, they're all serial mascots and Steve's going to figure out which one is going to win our big serial mascot, uh, bracket at the end. So that's that. So there's gonna be a lot of serial killers involved in the show. Wow. I did not, uh, I did not see the March Madness tie-in coming. Uh, yeah, good for you. Yeah, see, there you go. Like, um, that was that. that, that I had. To, that's why I wanted to specifically uh, time timestamp this podcast. People are like, "Wait, this is April first. You can't do it now. It's not April Madness, you know." Uh, I, I, <laughs> well, it's I, funny. I don't, it's like, it, yeah, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, I was gonna say I don't trust the credibility of this show anymore. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> everything's been a lie up to this point. No, I'm just always, I, I don't know why, whenever somebody mentions March Madness, I'm always, like, surprised by it. Like, oh, yeah, that's a thing. I, I forgot. I don't pay attention. And so, yeah, it's it's March and uh, it, it basketball, right? Yes, basketball. Got it. Madness, brackets. OSU went out really early. A lot of people upset. Got it. I'm going back to my life now. Right. So. <laughs> Um, you know, anytime there's a team called Oral Roberts that does well, you know, I think we should all like just snicker. I think that's great. But uh, so what, what I'm going to do here, too, I'm also going to break format for a second because Steve will never do this for himself because he's a modest guy. Uh, and he's the first person to be like, oh, no, no, we can't do it. We can't do it. At the very end of the episode, we normally all plug things that we do. Uh, Steve has a fun thing going on with his comic slasher. I wanted to mention this in the first few minutes of the show. So that way, by the time we get to hour four, people will not have already fallen asleep for us. It's like bitching about Freddie and Jason fighting or whatever. Um, tell people what you're doing with this because I think it's a fun idea. Yeah, so uh, if you follow me either on Facebook or Instagram, or I should say the follow the Sarah at Slasher, because I'm not even, uh, I didn't even put a post up on my own personal uh, page, because so that's how smart I am. But uh, <laughs> if you follow the Sarah at Slasher on both Facebook and Instagram, uh, I'm running a, basically a giveaway. We're giving away uh, the first two issues free, uh, and including a, an original piece of art, uh, a sketch of your favorite Slasher. So you're going to get two free comic books and uh, a free sketch just for doing the following. All you got to do is is follow the Saturday Night Slasher on one of those accounts, whether it's Facebook or Instagram, doesn't matter. You've got to uh, like the post, and then you also have to just comment with who your uh, favorite slasher is so that we know who to draw uh, if you win. So uh, right now uh, it's open till Saturday, which I believe... If I'm doing my my calendaring right, uh, is the third uh, Saturday, um, eight o'clock. I plan on uh, randomly selecting a winner, and uh, we'll notify the winner and let them know. But uh, it's a uh, we get a little support and boost on those uh, platforms, and maybe gets people to be a little bit more aware of uh, the comic, and uh, a potential is gonna get some free cool stuff. So, yeah, so there, you, there go. you go. And like I've already called my shot. My favorite slasher is the guy from the burning. Um, that is, that's a joke. I don't want Steve to draw that at all. Um, so, I mean, that poster's cool looking, but I don't want to support that movie in any fashion whatsoever. Uh, but yeah, please, please, please go share that. Go comment your favorite slasher and, you know, like, and try to get some cool stuff and support, uh, you know, um, local independent creators. So like, 
there we go. So that's plug there. I'm sure we'll have mention it again later. I'll be like, Steve, say the pictures that you draw. And you'll be like, okay, you know, and we'll talk about it then. Um, so anyway, uh, weekend stuff. So like, uh, what did you, what did you get into this weekend in terms of what did you watch? What was going on? You know, I'm, I'm thinking now that it must not have been anything too interesting because I literally cannot think of what I watched this past weekend. Um, <laughs> boy, oh boy. I mean, part of it is that uh, I watch so much YouTube anymore that, like, I, I think it all just blends together because uh, I, I didn't, I don't recall even watching uh, any movies this past weekend. Uh, good God. Uh, clearly... Uh, I did nothing good over the weekend because I cannot remember. No, I mean, is it like is it like YouTube? Is it like you know little how to like do your nails or like makeup tutorials? Like what is it? It's it's all watching other people play video games. Okay, perfect. No, um, yeah. No, I'm I, kidding. I, I, like, <laughs> my wife watches a lot of people that do like that streaming. There's one guy, his name's John Wolf. He's really entertaining. Like, not like I, he's, he's smart. Like he understands, like he, he, you understand his frustrations while playing a game. He's actually a very engaging personality. So I can watch his stuff, but I, for the most part, if I'm going to spend the time watching a video game being played, I'd rather just play it myself. I don't know. Call me old fashioned. Yeah, no, I mean, we all know that my video game knowledge is, is, is very tiny, very wee, if you will. Uh, so that is not what I'm checking out on YouTube. I watch a lot of, uh, I do a lot of art tutorials. I do a lot of just videos of people drawing. Like it just sometimes gets things, you know, going creatively, just watching other people work. Um, and then uh, I'll I'll look at like, you know, an hour or two of videos of just like, hey, here somebody went to a convention and, you know, an era where we could go to conventions and uh, posted a terrible video, but let me watch all 47 of them because <laughs> I want to see who was at this convention that they went to. So, and it's like, why, why are most of these videos just dudes just walking around with cameras trying to talk to all the girls in cosplay? That seems weird to me. No. Well, the funny thing too is, is I, I hate to say this because I, you listeners all know that I'm very hard on myself when it comes to this whole podcasting thing. I wasn't born into it like Paul. I, I yeah, I, yeah. I was just picked up off the streets. I was a, a kid on the streets that they said, "Hey man, do you want to come podcast?" I said, "What's that?" And then they taught me the ways. Yeah, but, uh, but like your family is like, "Don't do the pod," and not no, not even once. And then you know, <laughs> you're yeah. addicted after that. Yeah. Um, but uh, there are a lot of uh, people who. You know, I understand everybody wants to try and get out there with content and make things and but like I think if 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 you don't have something interesting to either say or show uh maybe don't do it. Really, yeah, like <laughs> don't, don't do it. Oh um, Christ, yes. Yes. Uh you know, I I understand that uh you know, a throw in rocks, glass house, all that stuff, but yeah, I, there's a there's a lot of terrible, and I, I'm not surprising anybody by saying there's a lot of terrible videos on the internet. But like, there's a lot of people who are really trying to be like, "Welcome to my channel. Watch me go to the store and look for toys." Or, yeah. uh, but I'm watching them, so I shouldn't really criticize. But I'm just saying that some people are just that's maybe. Guys, I got this. Not I got this out. unboxing for this PB and J that's coming in. Let's see. Here. Well, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not unboxing videos. Like, yeah, I'll watch videos. Of people actually like going to like, all right, we're doing the toy run today, so we're gonna hit like two targets, a Walmart, and whatever. Like, I, I it it might as well be watching paint dry. I get it, 
but there's something about it because I'm in a spot in my life right now where I can't actively go and look at those things, at least not without being, you know, self-conscious and, you know, paranoid the whole time. I kind of take to watching those types of videos, but just again, to reiterate the point, not everybody's great at doing that. So, yeah, I just, uh, it will always blow my mind at how things that you see that are, are they, I, people like uh, here, I'll, here's the, here, people shouldn't n- n- never not try. That is a terrible sentence. You know, if you have a passion to want to do something and, and this is your outlet, please do it. You know, like who am I to say what you, you know, what is your avenue? With that being said, you know, if you have a passion for it, then maybe you should learn about why there's success and why there isn't. Um, that is me saying the guy that's been, you know, doing this for a few years. And I remember when my father was still around, he was like, yeah, how much money do you make off of that? I'm like, that's not how that works, dad. Um, like, uh, you know, so, and he was also the one that asked me like after I graduated with my uh, degree in like uh, graphic design and like radio. And he was like, he's like, you know, your cousin, you know, she's making six figures. I was like, yeah, she's a heart surgeon. You know, like that's, that's a different, that's a different, like, that's a, that's a way I was like, you're going to lop some zeros off your expectations there. You know, like, um, cause I mean, I'm not, ju- she, she was <laughs> like, like and she moved into plastic surgery. So, you know, whenever I was like the second person to graduate college in my family, there was a large shadow. Like, <laughs> 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 so anyway, my point is, is that, um, you know, like, I'm not saying that we do like the best show or you know, what and they're clearly right. Uh, but I think that you and I have at least wherewithal of understanding how this kind of works and try to be engaging and entertaining and always like thinking forward. There's a lot of that content out there that I just, I, one, people don't know how to talk. They don't know how to actually like enunciate. They don't know how to actually like say things or even get their thoughts across, which is frustrating. And two, I don't know, but my biggest shake my fist at the cloud old man thing is I am so tired of every goddamn thumbnail being a shot of something like for when you go to click on videos and someone with making a face, like they're shitting themselves. Like why, why is that a thing? You know, it's like, you know, look what I thought of target as they're like actively (laughs) pooping themselves in the thumbnail. Like, I don't know, Steve, I went on a rant. I apologize for that. It bugs me. It bugs (laughs) me. No, that's okay. I I guess my two biggest issues are, uh, at least with this, like I couldn't imagine doing a show in the way that, um, that El Goro does his show, which is sometimes he has guests. Sometimes it's just him solo. Like I couldn't, I know like if, if you were like, Hey, I got to take next week off, but do the show on your own. I'd be screwed. Like, I'd, be like, I'd be like, here's I, a, here's a tape recorder. Here's a, and here's a, was a Mr. Microphone. You figure it out. It's fine. You know? Yeah. Like, like hey, good looking. You want to come over and listen to my podcast? You know? <laughs> but I mean, I just, I, I don't know how somebody can do a podcast and, and El Goro makes it work. Don't get me wrong. He yeah. does it well, Yeah. but, um, there are times where I'm like, if I had to just sit here and like, well, I watched Freddy versus Jason. Let me tell you about it for, you know, the next 45 minutes. It would be awful. It, it would truly be awful. And I'm I, a little aware of that. I so would like I, it. I want to hear that. So I'm going to stop talking <laughs> now. And you now have the floor for the rest of the show, Steve, I'll send you the game. I'll send you all the news stories and I'll just kick back. It'll be great. I don't think anybody wants that. <laughs> uh, but but I, in these videos, I understand that it's a lot of times people who are by themselves doing it. You know, they don't have somebody filming them. They're going in someplace and filming like the things that they found or what they see at a convention or whatever. And I'm not saying you have to be entertaining because it's almost worse when they try to be entertaining. Uh, but 
two things. One, you're not uploading this as a live feed, so you can go back and edit. Yes. So if you have footage that really doesn't pertain to whatever you're trying to show me or has some sort of, you know, meaning to, I guess, your narrative, cut it out. Like, I don't need to see you, like, messing with the doors, walking into Target and telling me that you're walking into Target. I get it. You're at Target. Um <laughs> Or yeah. walking down other aisles, or whatever. Um, and I'm, I'm giving a very specific critique here. Uh, you know, if you only make these types of videos, here's what Steve doesn't want. Um, but also, don't just try to fill the 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 air, the space. Like, you know, like. Yeah, well, no, I think what you're speaking to is the same thing about you as being a, like a comics writer, right, or any type of creator. It's like. I, things have to have meaning and purpose, right? And I, I like people will be like Paul. Have you listened to your own show? I'm like that's not what, that's not the point right now. Let me let me get to what I'm saying. Again, I I get it. Glass houses, <laughs> stones, all that. But I, you know, it isn't like I don't know. It it, it wouldn't. It'd just be like the the equivalent of that would be you and I coming like sitting down, turning on the mics without talking in advance and without any planning being like, Hey, so what'd you watch this weekend? You tell me, I'd be like, yeah. And then we'd just be like, Hey, did you hear about this? What? And it's like, there, it would be so, it'd be like, it would be like two friends is having a drink, but it would make no sense, you know? Right. And, um, maybe I just gave away the format of the show. I don't know, but I, I, I like, there's a little pre pre planning and some of these videos like do that. And if you, and if you don't have the information at hand to tell the narrative that you think is appropriate for your video, um, there's no shame in voiceover. There's no shame in like some, like some editing and, and setting things up and like, like some structure. Like, um, there's a gentleman, Oh, I can't remember his name right now, but he does. Um, uh, he, he does, he has a channel called bright sun films on YouTube. Um, and he has these little tiny web series he does. And by tiny, I mean, he makes them and some of these videos are like 20, 25 minutes, but he'll do, um, Oh, his name's Jake. That's it. Cause he always says, like he always says his name at the beginning of the episodes. It's always funny cause he's Canadian. Um, but here I am judging Canadians, but he has a, a film series he put out called abandoned. And I just, I can't stop watching it cause he finds these different places and stores and locations. And we'll go into like this 20 minute, like history about what happened here and then why that business collapsed. He is really well done. He's gotten way better over the years. The first couple you could tell he was like a little younger and like self self-conscious, but it's engaging because he's like, oh, um, this place was weird. I got to figure out why, what it was in the story of it. And I'm going to tell you guys and why I'm fascinated with it. That's amazing to me versus just someone being like, look, that building's old. I want to take a camera in there and walk around. I have no interest in that. Right. Yeah. So and yeah. I, 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 again, I, I realize that it's very specific. The videos I'm watching too. I, I'm not, you know, I, I'm calling out a very specific. Uh, I don't want to use the word genre, but the, a, a very specific version of these types of videos. Uh, so, uh, and I, again, I don't know what I would get if I tried to do it. So it would probably, you know, it would be a big fall on my keys moment. But yeah, I, 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 I would love. I would love if we could uh, just straight face it and go to like different grocery stores and just go looking for little Debbie <laughs> snack cakes. <laughs> and like we're always like, okay, guys, it's a little Debbie day. Let's go. And it's like, oh look, look at this. Oh, you don't find you don't find the, the 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 unicorn cakes that much. This is pretty rare. Like, how many boxes you getting? I don't know. Let's see what else they got here. Like, uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be like that? Like, I wish I wish I had that kind of straight face like ability to do that. That'd be really funny to me. Yeah, maybe we should put that together. That would be fun. 
I wouldn't be too self-conscious around the store itself. <laughs> like people would be walking by. It's like, why do you have a camera at little Debbie's? And I'm like, can just two fat guys with the camera talking to a camera about little Debbie's and be left alone. And then I think it could also be funny to do like a, like an unboxing where you, like you take like, you know, the thing and you you have gloves on and you open the package and you like you guys hear the cellophane you hear that and then and then you just take like an exacto knife and open it up like you like i think it'd be great to be like look at this like the, the, the masterful like <laughs> this time around we take a star crutcher completely apart crispy by crispy like anyway sorry I don't know. I'm in a weird mood. I apologize. But so with the drawing videos, do you do is the, like the, not that you do the ones that you watch, do they just start off with like a blank sheet of paper and be like, I don't know. I've never really drawn a tree before. Let's see how this goes. Like that's not what happens. No. Um, a lot of the, the tutorials that I watch vary from, uh, everything to like digital coloring and inking to traditional inking to, uh, I don't want to say tips and tricks, but like, you know, um, very, I don't know. They're not even technical, uh, um, videos, but like videos discussing uh, possible changes that might've happened in Photoshop or why something might not be working. I watch those kinds of nerdy videos, uh, art wise, uh, when it comes to that stuff. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I'll Jim Lee will throw up like his Twitch stream. Like he records it. On, uh, I'm speaking like an old man. I don't know how Twitch really works. I guess you can record it since it's, you know, you can being yeah. broadcast, but I always, you know, uh, find his videos on YouTube that he just, he takes his Twitch stream and throws it up on YouTube. Um, and I, I could like, he's got videos that are like four hours long. that are just Jim Lee drawing. Now, granted, he's also like talking occasionally and answering questions, but like, I don't know that that kind of stuff I could watch for days. Yeah, and that seems informative and value added and entertaining in its own right. So yeah, so what you're saying is that you spent hours watching uh, convention videos and toy videos, right? And that's what happened. A good weekend. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, so yeah, my weekend uh, was spent uh, not watching um, any uh, Justice League. So that was good. And I, I forgot to mention the top of the show. Thank you to Nathaniel for at the devil's ball for coming on last week for our, uh, our fun discussion about the Zack Snyder, uh, seven hour cut of justice league. That was a good talk. Um, and you guys should check out at the devil's ball. They're having, they're, they just covered April fool's day, um, which I've not seen that movie in forever. You guys should go check that out. Um, I having the ability to have actual like time to watch other things on Saturday. Um, I ended up uh, finishing, I'd started the night before I ended up watching, um, Rebecca, which was from, Ooh, when was that film? It was a, it's a Hitchcock film. Uh, it is, uh, what year did it come out? Um, night, uh, no, 1940, right. And it's, it's wonderful. Uh, it is a, a wonderful ghost story without a ghost. Like, and I was just enamored with it. It's probably one of my favorite watches so far of this year that I'd never seen before. Then Freddy versus Jason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> then I ended up watching rope, uh, which, um, that is from, uh, let's see here. When, when was rope? Uh, rope was 48. Uh, and I, that movie, I, I, it's one of those movies I thought I had seen previously. I, I had never seen it before. And it was also wonderful. Uh, it was a weird Saturday. Like, you know, it was like going from like 
these early Hitchcock, like, you know, uh, really interesting films, Freddy versus Jason, and then more Alfred Hitchcock. So that was my Saturday. So a little bit of a, like a, a mood whiplash, if you will. So, <laughs> um, and then on Sunday, I don't know. I just, I probably just watched YouTube videos of people going to stores and buying cheese or something. I don't know. But yeah, Saturday was a uh, chock full of, uh, um, different, different plateaus of movie watching. I'll just put it that way. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I realized you had like things to talk about and I derailed us by like, talking no. about my no, YouTube you, videos. You, it's you, like you no. had actual like content of like, Oh, this is what I watched. No, no, I, the, no you're I, not I, providing proof. No. You're not, you're not proving your point of what you were talking about earlier. That's you can, you're not allowed to do that. We had a wonderful conversation about videos being terrible, like, and that there's no content. <laughs> so don't even, don't you dare do that. No, I was going to tell you, if you've not seen Rebecca, you should, it's wonderful. It is, um, not available on any streaming service. Uh, however, um, it, there are some really, really crystal clear rips of it on YouTube and I'm have no shame in saying that cause that movie is what 80 years old now. Uh, so go find it. It is, it's just, it's a wonderful film and then rope, um, which I found on Amazon for like four bucks. Um, Steve, do you know the conceit of the movie rope? I, I, I'll give you the, the quick rundown of it. And if this doesn't hold your interest, um, I don't know what will. Uh, you know, I don't think I've seen Rope, and I, okay. so I don't know what the premise is. So uh, it it, um, the, it starts off with two guys in an apartment in New York, like killing somebody, and they dump them in this chest, like it's just right off the rip. And then they um, prouded themselves for what they believe to be their perfect crime, end up hosting a dinner party that involves inviting that guy's parents, the murdered victim's parents, his girlfriend, and some other associated people. And they're supposed to have like this dinner party and like, it's basically like this victory lap of like celebrating like their perfect crime. Um, and I, the movie is supposed to be all done in like one take. That's supposed to be the gimmick. Uh, it, it really isn't. Um, but cause Hitchcock, you could film reels back then were only nine and a half minutes long. So there are like, there's five visible cuts in the movie and that runs about like 90 minutes. Uh, but there's so many of these shots that go on like nine minutes and then the camera will push into someone's back and like create like a, basically like, you know, they'll black out the frame and then the, the camera will pull back and you're back into the scene. So it mm -hmm. looks seamless. I mean, give or take, right. But this is all shot on one set. Uh, and just when you see the geography of the film and realizing that you're seeing walls, where there wouldn't have been walls before because there would have been a camera there um, is crazy because there's a lot of behind the scenes of people moving pieces around as actors are hitting their marks and saying their lines. So the camera can move with like freedom. Um, and it's a tense story because the tension keeps mounting because like, uh, you know, things kind of keep happening over the course of this 90 minutes, you know, and it's, it's a really cool movie. It's really cool. I'll have to check it out. I feel like, so Kathy has far more uh, knowledge of both Hitchcock and actually older black and white films uh, than I do. So I, I'm sure that uh, she's seen it, and I'm sure she'd probably be appalled if she learns that I haven't seen it. Well, but, I mean, uh, well one, it's in color. Like, and the reason I mention that because it's very important because the movie starts with like the New York skyline in the background, like like um, like midday type of like towards the end of the day, and over the course of the ninety minutes, even though you could tell there's different takes, like because the film has to you know cut the background changes from like day to nighttime. And it's so like, if you're not paying attention, 
that doesn't, it, it's like, oh, okay, that's what would happen. But when you realize this is shot on like a soundstage and they're doing these really long takes, it's like, I, it's like a magic trick. I don't know how they do it. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I said black and white and, uh, I realized that, uh, uh, that's incorrect now. Uh, so no, when I, whenever bad. before I watched it, I thought it was a black and white film because it's like, I, I forget like when color movies were still like, they were kind of the thing versus like television and they're like, and also there were still a lot of times where, um, directors would actively choose to shoot black and white cause either it was cheaper or that was an effect they wanted to go for. I mean, like much later on, that's when Hitchcock shot psycho cause he had like no budget and he was like, I'm just gonna shoot this like it's TV and like just, use black and white. Right. But, um, rope is a fantastic film and I think you would dig it from a, a tension standpoint and a dialogue standpoint because it just keeps twisting and it's, it's a great little movie. Yeah, I will, I will put it on the list. So anyway, that's, that's what, that's what I did was, uh, watch to watch that. And then, and then Freddie versus Jason, um, which we're going to have a fun talk about that. Don't get me wrong. It's just, again, uh, you know, it's just, it's a weird, like, it's like, uh, I don't know, like having dessert in the middle of like two meals. Like, I don't know if that, like I, which I'd probably do anyway, you know, I'd be like, it's ice cream time. And it's like, Oh, here comes another steak. And then I'd be like, why can't I sleep? You know, like I try to go to bed and be like, I'm dying. You know, that's what I like from, from all of that, like, you know, um, I'd be like John Candy and the great outdoors after what was it, the big, uh, big 76 or the 86 or whatever it was. That's what I'd be like. So anyway, that was my weekend. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, that's it. We should just get to, let's just get to some news. Um, where's the buttons at? I don't even know where my buttons are anymore. Here's one. Good news, everyone. News. This just came out today. So thank you news for actually giving us something to talk about the day of, as opposed to all the news coming out on a Thursday, which seems what has happened the last few weeks. Uh, Netflix has bought the rights to the two um, sequels to Knives Out that have yet to be made. They have paid $450 million for both sequels. Um, and considering that the original Knives Out was shot on a budget of $40 million and ended up making over $300 million at the box office, paying $450 million for both the sequels seems like that's actually not a bad price to pay for the potential draw that these two movies will be bringing to Netflix. See, I, uh, I, that's the thing that I got hung up on is the $450 million. And I understand that we're at the, you know, maybe we're not even at the height. I know that we are now in, in battled in the, um, the streaming wars. Uh, I, I realize that we're in, in the midst of it at least. Uh, uh, and, and so companies are paying really, really top dollar for a lot of things. And I, I also know that part of that is that, now that the streaming uh, market has opened up, I, I have a feeling that Netflix getting releases from you know other film or film companies uh, is probably going to get harder and harder for them. So they've got to inquire what they can when they can. But and they don't really specify this because Ryan Johnson doesn't seem like the guy who would want his movies going just to Netflix. Mm -hmm. I'm assuming, and they don't really say, I'm just checking the article again, they don't say anything about it being specifically for Netflix, so maybe it's going to go theatrical before 
I don't know. I the 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 point that I was going to make was is that 450 just seems steep for two sequels to Knives Out. Like I I don't I I'm not putting the movie down. Like the the it makes sense, but it just seems like 450 million for uh, yeah. something that's I don't know. Like I hear 450 million dollars. I'm thinking you just bought. You know, uh, I'm trying to think of a franchise that could be a, a you know, uh, I, I, I'm blanking because everything that I bring up now, people are going to be like, you're comparing that to Knives Out. Yeah. I, that's not what no, I'm but no, it's to a, do It's a large here. chunk of money, right? And that's like in terms of like you talk about um, whatever you talked about, like box office gross, right, for a film for a year. Like I know we talked about, I just mentioned that this had made um, – Oh, I just had the numbers in front of me here that the original film made 300 million at the box office versus its budget. And so you're, you're basically talking about like not, and knives out I me, mean, it made a lot of money, but it wasn't like a, it, in light of everything else that was being released at the time, like well, this, this isn't like end game money. Right. But, um, you're, you're basically saying I'm guaranteeing the success of this, of these two movies. Um, we, for 450 million, uh, if, like, what do you think the revenue draw is going to come back? Like, what do you think the return on that investment is? I think that's kind of what you're like. They have to. Someone has done the math and believes that like they've, you know, got this for a steal. I don't like. I will never have this much money. I will never know, right? But so yeah, go ahead. If if you were going to make the argument like, okay, four hundred fifty is you know a good deal in the sense that uh, you know the the producers or whoever's making it is looking at it from uh, a financial standpoint, uh, I don't know. I, I feel, does that money, like, let's say that, you know, each sequel would have made $225 million of, at the, the box office. Yeah. Netflix has just, you know, hit the exact number. But how does that translate into, you know, uh, streaming their membership? Yeah. How does that translate into like, how many months does somebody have to be subscribed for them to be like, all right, that money is we've paid for knives out. Like it's not the only thing that they have going. I just, it, it seems high to me. Like, and it's not just that it's Netflix. It, it would it could be any streamer and be like, ah, that seems, seems kind of high. You know, you, <laughs> you could have gotten the, yeah. the rights to, um, you know, a slasher comic for way cheaper. <laughs> um, like guys, come on, $45. Like you guys, can throw it. it's fine. Like, just, you know, uh, um, so the other thing too that I'm worried about, not worried about, but because uh, especially with a lot of the the different like awards committees kind of like being pissy about like Netflix like getting films and submitting them for like best picture and stuff, and they're like, was it in the theaters? And like, so my thing with this, and you mentioned that Ryan Johnson may not just want these to be direct streaming. Again, I'm sure if they also gave him like you know this large check that you know you send your eyeballs sailing out of your head. You know, I, I could be convinced, you know, but anyway, um, and then it'd be like, Hey, sir, uh, director of the last Jedi, here's this other thing that you did. And now here's a really big payday. How do you feel? And he'd be like, just sitting on his pile of money. Like, I'm fine. You know, anyway, um, this has to get released theatrically, right? Both of these have to have some kind of run. I mean, the Irishman had a run like these other like. So this is my hope is that I get to see these in the theater. Um, but you're right. The streaming wars are, are picking up. Paramount Plus is like coming out swinging. Everybody has a service now. 
Uh, and Netflix just can't be the one to dictate the price points anymore because they were the ones kind of taking, they were eating everybody's lunch for a while and then like everybody caught up to them, right? So they have to keep making moves. I don't know if this is a house of cards that's going to collapse, no pun intended about the, the show they had, but someone's going to burn I, out. One of the services is going to burn out from this kind of money they're spending. Yeah, I, I, I guess the, the point that I was trying to make is, is that, well, we don't know budgets for, say, uh, the Mandalorian or the other 10 Star Wars shows that are in production or, you know, WandaVision. And well, I can tell you the Gina Carano uh, 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 show is $0. I can tell you that's the budget <laughs> for that one. But like uh, if you're talking about, say, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which if you guys are not watching, first two episodes have been awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. They're movie quality. Yes. Like episodes like uh, if if you told me that Netflix had somehow acquired like a deal with Disney to get like their own Disney plus series, but on Netflix for one of the Marvel characters or whatever, uh, 450 would make more sense to me, I guess if it was something that was potentially bigger and I don't know. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm talking in circles, but it's just still trying to wrap my head around 450 million. That's fair. Um, but it's, I think it's exciting. I just, I mean, in terms of like, at least, I mean, I knew that there was a knives out sequel coming now that there's two. Uh, and I just know that the whole thing is going to be around, uh, um, uh, Daniel Craig's character of uh, Benoit Blanc. I, I thought he was a delight in that first film. And I like the idea that people are now going to be excited about a series of films involving a detective solving like mysteries. It's like, it, cause like you, you look at the, the font, you look at the way this movie is done. It's like this, this movie feels like it, it wants to be in the seventies and like the best ways possible. So bring me more, bring me good people making cool stuff like this. That doesn't like as much as we love the genre stuff. I mean, this is a genre as well. Give me, give me some grown up mysteries that I, um, that I can just dig and enjoy all the performances. So I think this is exciting in that aspect. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that, uh, it's cool that, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson's getting, well, it's not like they're giving him $450 million. I mean, they're, I'm sure that, I'm sure that he's getting a nice paycheck though. Um, I, I'd yeah. like if he put on Twitter today, he's like, wait, who, who did what? Like, he's just like, saying, like, you know, like 450. What? I never said yes to this, you know, like that would like, you know, anyway, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's one more swing. Right. And when we say this, you know, on the day that, um, HBO max has released, uh, you know, Godzilla versus Kong. Right. And, but that movie's also playing right now in theaters overseas. So I don't know. It's, it's a weird world we're living in right now. Well, it's playing in theaters here too. Well, yeah, as of uh, today, yes, it is. It's just that we haven't, you know, solved problems that we needed to solve. So yeah, you know, we're getting there. Um, we, you and I got shot one, so shot two. Um, you know, yeah. and then we'll have some shots in the theater, unrelated. It'll be a good time. Um, yeah, but, I do but, feel know. like I'm I'm botching uh, this story on Knives Out. I don't really seem to have anything interesting to say other than I can't get around, which makes me sound like I don't like Knives Out. I like the movie. I like. Uh, uh, Ryan Johnson. I almost said Richard for some reason, but uh, you know, I, I, I guess it's, you know, it, it, it they better be great. I guess if I'm <laughs> Netflix, it better be like I, yeah, right. I see. I just don't get how that that 
correlates. I'm going to stop talking now. Okay, let's go to the next story. It's always good for a podcast. Oh, my goodness. You're going to be so self-conscious about content creation today, aren't you? That's going to be the run-through here. Like, oh, we shit talk YouTube videos now. What do we talk about next? All right. So that's why we can... That's why we have plan and structure, Steve, so we can go on to the next thing. So next thing, uh, you you brought the story up to me. Um, here's, here's just the headline, and then you can, can run with it here. Uh, it says, iconic Marvel artist John Romita Jr. returns home after sin at DC. So he's coming back to Marvel after seven years of DC. So um, please speak to, to me about John Romita Jr., and I'll tell you like why I'm excited for this. Okay. Um, so for those of you who don't know who John Romita Jr. is, I imagine if you are listening to us, you probably are a comic book fan or, uh, a genre fan, uh, a genre fan. I don't know. I, I use that word way too much. A pop culture fan. John Romita's name might've popped up in your periphery. Um, John Romita was a, a Marvel artist, uh, back in the Stan and Jack days. Um, he also happened to have a son who came up within the industry by the name of, uh, John Romita Jr. And, uh, I don't know that I could say that he surpassed his father's legacy, but he's up there. Like it's, he's got a very impressive body of work. Uh, and I think he was with Marvel for close to 20 years at that point before he went to DC or maybe longer. Um, but, uh, he's kind of up there as, as far as like, uh, comic book royalty goes, if there is such a hierarchy, but like he's, he's a, a name that people know, uh, does good work and has a large uh, body of work to show for it. So, yeah. And so, um, whatever I saw is coming back. I was like, like I was looking into it. I mean, not that I wasn't familiar with the name. I was just trying to place because sometimes like your brain takes a second to be like, Oh, he was part of this series. Um, one of my favorite runs <clears throat> of amazing Spider-Man, uh, was the, um, the bit that he, like that John Romero jr. Did with, um, um, J. Michael Straczynski. And that was a great run they did for a few years. And just his style was like, his, like his style for Spider-Man, like not that his panels weren't expressive, but it's like, I just, they're a little bit more grounded. I don't know. I don't know the way to describe it. You could probably do a better job of stating the style, but like, it wasn't just like constant, like, you know, splash pages of this, that it's just his Spider-Man was like, you know, just well done. The, the always clean designs, um, the villains all like, it's just, it, it worked for me. And Straczynski's like straight ahead writing, uh, kind of trying to prove himself writing Spider-Man. Like I thought that was a really good match for the arcs they did. And I, I adore that, that run of them. Um, and so I was always excited to see what they would do next. When I think of John Romita Jr. I, I, I don't think of him, um, as a splashy artist. And I think that's what you're trying to get at. Like he's a storytelling guy. Yes. He's not, he's not interested in doing like, you know, uh, uh, I mean, he's done pinups, he's done amazing covers, he's done splash pages, but that's not really what he's known for. He's not he's not known for doing the image style artwork. I guess maybe that might be a better way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's a storyteller. Like he he, I I wouldn't say that his style is nondescript, but like he's not doing like a lot of, you know, hatched work. He's not doing a lot of um, he he's more of a. a uh, a traditional artist like he's he's more interested in just telling the story and not having a lot of flair within his work which sounds like a, a, a disrespect 
I don't mean it that way. Um, no, his artwork doesn't take away from the story in, 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 in a way that, like, especially with the Straczynski stuff, because there's, a, like, a lot of plot and dialogue that, you know, it got... Because Straczynski was breaking down, like, he was revisiting the origin of Spider-Man and was able to find a way to weave more complexity into a spider biting a kid like a, 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 that was science involved or whatever. Like he went through this whole, he created this whole big thing that ended up with, um, Oh, I think a lot of it would end up tying into the spider verse where he kind of created this whole bigger thing with, uh, more loon. I think is one of the characters that they created together, who was one of the guys that his family was going through the cross, the multiverse and killing all the spider men, uh, because of their totemic spider powers. It's, it gets weird, but Hey, it's comics. Um, but, yeah, like they, I don't know, like it just, I enjoyed that. His smaller panels that he did with, with uh, Peter Parker and MJ getting back together because when Straczynski picked up the book, they were divorced. Um, that was still powerful. Uh, they did an entire um, issue where it was Parker and Steve Rogers in an airport uh, trying to fight a threat without the, like without the world knowing that they're both Spider-Man and Captain America. Like it was just, just it was good storytelling, and I it got me back into comics in a lot of ways at that time. Well, it's it's funny too because I know a lot of people love his uh, Spider-Man work, um, and this isn't so much a comment on the comics as I haven't read them, but uh, of the characters that he's done, uh, I I don't know what it is about Spider-Man that I, it's just not my, my jam. Maybe there's too much of me wanting to see the exact thing that I just described that he doesn't do, but like the, you know, overly rendered Todd McFarlane, you know, crazy Spider-Man stuff. Um, well, even wasn't, wasn't the Reggie Hudlin, um, Black Panther stuff that we read for the show. Wasn't that John Reno Jr. That did the artwork? Yeah, it it was, uh, and I was going to bring that up. Um, oh. The characters that I preferred him on are uh, Black Panther. Um, he did a um, Daredevil miniseries. Actually, he did Daredevil, the, the proper comic, and he also did uh, The Man Without Fear, uh, which is a really good uh, Daredevil uh, story. Um, I don't know how long he was on for Punisher 4, but I, I really enjoyed his Punisher stuff. Um and I feel like I lost you. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. I was just oh, always okay. enraptured by what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I just take uh, me away, Steve. All right, go ahead. <laughs> My apologies. Uh, but he's he's done like everybody in the Marvel universe. And I'm, I well, I didn't read his stuff at DC. Uh, I'm sure he probably had a pretty good run on a lot of those characters as well. But he's drawn just about everybody. Yeah. So come back to Marvel. Uh, you know, draw me more Spider-Mans. I guess don't draw Spider-Mans for Steve, but I think this this is um, I think it's a good thing. So we'll see what he does next, and I'm excited. And you guys should go check out his work. Um, and because again, we we never we try to take the time to to appreciate and thank uh, those that make the things that we love. And this is one of those guys that got me back into a lot of comics at the time when I really wasn't reading them. So. The, yeah, if, if his coming back here gets somebody else back into comics or even the DC stuff or whatever, that's a good thing. People should go celebrate his artwork because I think it's awesome. So, um, hooray. That's that's the story. Anything else there, Steve? No, just, uh, you know, I, I imagine Marvel's probably happy to get him back. <laughs> I would say so, right? Uh, so, all right. Uh, next story here. Uh, uh, so, um, uh, so, Steve, what what is your what's your favorite movie of all time? 
I mean, it feels like a trick question. I should know the answer. No, um, it's it's The Empire Strikes Back. Okay, how many times have you seen The Empire Strikes Back? I, honestly, I don't know if I can count. Um, I mean, I, I know that there were chunks of time, too, where like I'd put a movie on when I went to bed, and that would be it, and I probably have sat through it while I'm sleeping subconsciously. Uh, probably hundreds of times. So who knows? Uh, fair enough. Uh, so there, there is a story of a Florida man. Cause it's always a Florida man, uh, sees Avengers Endgame 191 times for the Guinness world record. Um, so it, like it got confirmed recently. This isn't like this guy was going, you know, doing that during the pandemic, but, uh, Florida cinephile broke a Guinness world record by seeing Avengers Endgame in the movie theaters nearly 200 times. Uh, uh, Romeo, uh, uh Alanis of Riverview said he was inspired to seek the Guinness World Record for most cinema productions attended of the same film after the former record holder uh, saw Infinity War 103 times. Okay. Alanis nearly doubled the record by going to see Endgame 191 times in 90 days. Uh, and he, he said, movies teach us deep messages about life, culture, and society, and also how not to piss your pants, I guess. Anyway, um, uh, <laughs> you know, and so... <laughs> Um, was he said it took, it took, uh, it took some time. It, it, it took some time doing to see the film so many times or whatever that I'm reading that wrong. 90 days ending on July 29th, 2018. The most difficult part about this attempt was giving up my social life with my family, the gym and managing my work hours and screening times at the theaters. Ugh. Can what? I don't, I don't understand. Like, I like in game. Yeah. I think I've seen it three times, maybe. Like, I need to see it more. But I think anything I'd be forced to watch for a record that many times within 90 days, I think I'd hate it. I think I just, there would, I would have a deep, like, just volcanic hatred of it by that point. I guess also the fact that uh, Endgame is three is it is it three and a half or just three hours? Right, so I, it, either way, it's over three, right? Like, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can't even fit in that many screenings in a day. You know what I mean? Like, if if it's a you know hour and hour and a half movie, like you could knock more out, I guess. Yeah. Not that that makes it any better, but like you're still losing that time. So, I I, I don't know. I I guess, you know, it's it's like putting videos of yourself uh, up at the <laughs> store looking for toys. Uh, oh, we found you know, a Somebody's got to do it. We I guess. found a theme through the whole episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a movie I've watched the most times. I mean, it's probably aliens. Um, and it's probably not this many times. Like I just, and the older I get, like I need, there's a lot of media I need to revisit and always like the stuff I treasure, but I also kind of got stuck in this weird thing of like, all I do is watch the same things. Let me watch new things. So it becomes this balancing act. However, I just no can't, this is just, nope. I like the idea. He's like, I sacrificed the gym. Like, well, no shit you did. Like, oh my gosh. Like what, like does, does, was part of this also like, I would like to have known if like part of his regiment was every time I watch in game, I have to get the large popcorn and a large soda and a diaper. And like, I have to, you know, like just, you know, like I did, we find out that he's like, he burned out his pancreas and kidneys watching it this many times. Like, I don't know. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I mean, I I couldn't imagine doing that many screenings of something, giving up, not only, I mean, that's the thing, like, 
if you're thinking about it in like the terms of COVID, and you're like, yeah, I guess if I had to like watch it in the comfort of my home, uh, I can't do anything else anyways. Maybe that makes a little bit more sense, but the fact that you actively gave up all, all these things, I yeah, I, I can't make sense of it. Like the, the clearly, this is the thing that he's you know hitched his wagon to. He's like. You know, he looked at his wife and his kids, and he said, "You know, none of you are going to be great, and I need to do something <laughs> with this name, <laughs> with this family name. I've got to get it out there. Uh, here's what I'm going to do. Like, this is this is it. Until somebody goes and watches, you know, Black Widow four hundred times. You know, like I, I just, you know, considering based upon our conversation last week." I, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, one of my friends is like, I've seen the Snyder Cut 400 times, and now I've lost vision to my right side of my head. I'm like, oh, okay, great. You should go get that verified. <laughs> um, but it's just, ah, man, whew. you know, this is something that, like, I, I could never do. And um, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I think there's just, just a point where if you have, the, like, there's certain media that, like, even Empire Strikes Back, I know it's your favorite movie, and you've seen it countless times, and you'd, go to bed with it. I, that's not what I meant. Um, you, you know, have it on while you slept. Um, yeah. Like your Tauntaun uh, plushie that you had with you. Um, there has to be a point to where if it was what you constantly had on every single day and like on a loop, you'd probably get sick of it and start getting like tired of it. Right. Or, or not. I don't know. So I can go, I'll go through phases where, and it's not so much anymore. Uh, but definitely in my twenties and early thirties, at least, uh, where no, I guess I still do this to some extent, but I, I would watch something like consecutively, not consecutively in a day, but like, I, for instance, I probably had a month where every day after I got off of work and I needed to like relax and watch something, I would watch the movie Ed Wood. I probably did that every day for a month. Um, and I know that that's a lot. Like I, I know that that's uh, <laughs> that's probably some people hear that and they're like, "Jesus, I that sounds awful." But like, well, you should you should actually write to Guinness right now and see if you can get the award for that, like the most times uh, yes. watched Edward. <laughs> but I, I will go on a diet of things where I'm like, oh, I'm going to consume this. You know, I like, um, you know, um, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, there was uh, an article I read about him at one point where. Like, he would literally just eat, like, nothing but Big Macs for a month. And I'm not making that in, like, a, a like health joke or way or anything like that. Like, it's it's not good for you. But, like, you know, he would consistently eat the same thing for, like, a very long time. Um, and it sounded like every day, maybe almost every meal kind of thing. And you're like, Jesus, how does somebody do that? But I guess I guess people do. <laughs> I mean, if you have the American Dream Burger every day, you know if that's what you want. Um, you know, I am rambling a lot tonight. I just realized I'm like, I'm <laughs> well, kind of going all over the place with topics and just rambling. I don't know what it is. Maybe Steve, it's... get out of your head. Come on, dude. Like it's fine. Like you know, it's like it could be worse. You could be watching Endgame for 191 times in a row or whatever. No, but there have been like four different times during our conversation so far where. Uh, I've started with something and then I finish something and I'm like, 
wait, how did I get there? And well, I'm as like, long as you don't start talking about could, how you had to go down to cross the river, but you had an onion on your belt, and then back in your day or whatever, uh, like Abe Simpson, you know, you're fine. I'm like that'd be like four B's for a nickel, whatever he would say. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's just all right. Well, I think that's I think that's a good spot to end the news on. So um, uh, Knives Out is uh, you know there's a lot of money involved in that. Uh, a really great artist to come back to Marvel, and uh, a guy does a thing that. You know, good for him. Uh, I feel like he sacrificed a lot of uh, personal relationships, but you know, uh, he and the, did he though? He, he, <laughs> 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 oh, he's just like, yeah. My live journal didn't get updated for quite a while while watching this movie. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, so that's it. Yeah, that's going to do it for our news. Let's just get into our discussion about a versus movie. Um, you know, uh, one that. Uh, I did not know this, but before we started recording, Steve has, a, Steve has a hot take for this. So we're going to get into uh, Freddy versus Jason right now. And now for our feature presentation. On the spot, Steve, your hot take about Freddy versus Jason. I love the movie. I, I really, I, I think it's a big, dumb movie. And I love it for it. It knows what it is. It's not trying to be anything else. It's not trying to be something other than what it is. I I, I love it. I, I I'm not saying that it's up there in like you know the the very top of either franchise, but I'm saying that uh, I, I I'd say that it's at least somewhere within like the half of the the both franchises films. I I place it squarely in the middle, which. Doesn't sound like a compliment, but it is. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right, there we go. So I know I, I, play, I did that joke to you earlier uh, before we start recording. So, yes, uh, Freddy versus Jason. Again, I'd mentioned at the beginning of the show here, uh, you, we, you know, with uh, Godzilla versus Kong, or if you want to go find the video on YouTube, there's uh, Godzilla versus Kong versus Wayne, which I love that someone edited together the trailer with a cat in it. So I'm Team Wayne. Team Wayne better win that big fight. Um, so as we were getting into that, uh, uh, Steve had suggested a versus film. So this is one that uh, I've been conflicted over. Um, I had not seen this since the theater. Uh, this came out in August of 2003. So uh, it had been quite some time since I had seen this. So uh, this is a movie that I probably would have never revisited again unless you suggested it for the show. Um, and I just, it, you know, it's just one that I watched once and I was like, I'm good with that being said, I know you have more information about this. So I'll let you, let you set the stage and then we'll get into, um, to this film that, uh, it exists and you know, it could be worse. It could be worse. What a way to start it off. Hey, I don't um, know. Like I, I had fun with this too. I'm not, it's a spoiler, but like, yeah, anyway, like that, I, I'm honestly surprised in, a, in the best way possible that I did not know your true feelings about this film until right before we start recording. So I think this is going to make for a really fun conversation, but I know you have a better grounding for, for like the background of this film and how it kind of came to be and, and, and what it is. So please take the stage. So yeah, there's a pretty long history that goes back on uh, uh, this that goes back for this movie, and I, I would I would say that uh, we could probably do an entire episode just on the uh, process of uh, the development hell that it got the the process of making this movie stuck in. Boy, I tried to spit that sentence out, um, <laughs> but uh, 
Long story short, uh, this movie was in development hell for like a good solid decade or more. Um, They went through very many drafts, very... Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I wanted to say very many different drafts, but there were like people writing on top of people on top of people in the sense that like they were rewrites, not so much, you know, brand new takes with every new script. Um, well, then also like a small bit of this I did read was that Paramount and New Line agreed that they'd like to do a crossover film, but both of them were like, well, let us give us some creative rights for the other character of how we take the franchise forward. And neither one wanted to give the other studio the ability to dictate what happens to Jason or Freddy after the movie, right? There was a little bit of that control issue too. So I think that yeah. Yeah, there's a big pissing contest about that, if I recall. Yeah, there there was. Um, that was the first thing that sort of delayed it. Um, there was also the fact that uh, um, Paramount was a little... I, I shouldn't even say a little. They were pretty much ashamed of the fact that like Friday the 13th was uh, their franchise. It, which is funny <laughs> because they funded a lot of movies off of the, uh, the... They funded a lot of other movies off of those horror movies that they were so ashamed of like i i I guess maybe now they probably wouldn't look at it that way but like paramount didn't have a very um uh, positive outlook on friday the 13th and it was this money-making machine that they sort of just accepted um and with that they weren't always eager to play ball in any other regard either so it wasn't until the property ends up at New Line, uh, which is interesting because they didn't get the name Friday the 13th. They got Jason and everything about Friday the 13th, but for whatever reason, the title didn't go over with them. So that's why the New Line films that did come out were Jason X and... Um, Jason Goes to Hell. Well, Friday, yeah. Yeah, Jason goes to hell. I did them out of order. My apologies. Yeah. Jason goes to hell. Jason X, and then <laughs> Jason goes Freddy to hell. Goes Jason to goes to space. Jason goes to Springwood. Whatever, it's fine. You know, J- Jason yeah. goes to. I was gonna say Jason goes to camp, but that was every movie before that. So anyway, <laughs> um, so New Line now has the rights, and they start working, uh, on different takes of the the story. A lot of them involved a cult called Fredheads. Uh, they were a cult who wanted to bring Freddy uh, back into the, uh, back to life. And I don't even remember how Jason played into some of those scripts, but just to give you like a, a idea of some of the variety of ideas that were going on in, in the different versions, um, you know, there's a, there's a, a boxing uh, match between the two in hell. Uh, there's, scripts where um, Jason is either the product of uh, Freddy raping or having consensual sex, which is weird. I think there's two takes on it, uh, of Mrs. Voorhees and is actually Jason's father. Uh, There are takes where uh, they decided that Freddy should be the one who was the teenager uh, not paying attention to Jason when he was drowning. Um there were, uh, I, I believe there was even a version where, like, uh, they wanted to end it with Pinhead uh, coming in and being a, a third part of the story. They didn't even have the rights, I believe, at the time, so they couldn't do it. But 
Long story short, they they yeah. went through a lot of iterations of the script, and there was a lot of side stories and characters that were developed that you're like, why why are you throwing this in the movie? There's uh, a character by the name of uh, Dominic Necros, uh, I believe was his name, and he's like the cult leader who I think passes through not only the different scripts, but I think it works in different capacities and different scripts from what I can remember. Long story short, there's a lot of time devoted to this guy whose name is not Freddy or Jason. <laughs> like, oh man! If you're watching, if you're going to go to a, a Freddy versus Jason movie, you want those two characters, not Freddy and Jason and Dominic Necros. <laughs> like, like, like you want, like would be like Freddy versus Jason, Dawn of Necros. Like, wait, what? No, that's not what I know. <laughs> yeah. I don't need that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so there's all kinds of wild and crazy ideas in, in uh, the scripting phase of this movie. And uh, I should just mention this real quick. My source on this, there's an entire book written on the different drafts of Freddy vs. Jason that were written over the decade or more that it was being made. Um, it's called Slash of the Titans. Uh, it's a great book. Um it's it's just a blow by blow of all the different versions that that movie could have been. Um, wasn't there one point too? Wasn't there a uh, draft of a movie that was going to be uh, Jason versus Michael Myers? And they're like, uh, these guys don't talk. Like, how do you do a film with these guys squaring off when neither one of them speak? And I, you know, yeah, I I think that there were there was talk of that, and I think there was even talk of trying to meld either Pinhead or. Uh, Michael Myers into whatever the sequel was going to be to Freddy versus Jason. But yeah, I, I think that uh, I, I don't know exactly where that falls within the okay. making of process, but yeah, I do believe that was, that's correct. Yeah. So, okay. We should even wind this back a little further. The reason I mean, aside from the fact that these guys are both iconic, uh, you know, uh, franchises from the eighties, um, and there's something that is said in this movie that actually made me realize like, oh yeah, that's why these guys work for the way they do. So like they're, it, the dialogue in this film, it's not a strong suit. Um, <laughs> but at one point they're like, man, it's like, we can't fall asleep. This one dude's going to kill us. The other guy's like, well, who cares about sleep? There was that, that hockey guy on fire. He's like, we're awake. He's coming for us. It's like, oh yeah. Both of them kind of have their purview of night and day. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like the awake and, and asleep. It's like, whew, yeah, you kind of do um, have a problem there, don't you? Like, you can't get away from one, like, without the other there. And I think that's kind of interesting that both those franchises are kind of built upon that kind of, like, you know, you can't hide. And, and, and so, but let's go back even a step further. Like, there was the old uh, Universal Monster films, right? And they would have the verses. Like, they started, like, having, you know, uh, Wolfman versus the mummy or Frankenstein versus, you know, like whatever, uh, of, uh, Dracula versus Billy, the kid. And a lot of three stooges, not three stooges, uh, Abbott and Costello. You'd have a lot of these crossover movies. Right. And then, um, so this feels like, this feels like a throwback idea to be like, Oh yeah, these are the guys that we, we cheer for the monsters that we cheer for. What if they fought each other? I think on paper, that's a really fun idea. And I can see why, um, both, um, like both, properties wanted to, to mingle with each other because they both kind of came out at the same time. They both, um, like changed, um, what we view of horror in, in some ways. Why not have them square off against each other? I think that, I think that's still a fun idea and I appreciate the spirit of which this film is made. 
Yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned that uh, the dialogue, you think, for the most part, wasn't great. And I don't know that I can fault you on that. I don't know. Um, there, there's a I line. Don't there's a line from sorry. I'm just, my line. I couldn't find the exact word. I cut you off. I apologize. It's from Lori, uh, uh, Monica, uh, Kina. Whenever they're all at like Scooby Snack Shack or whatever, waiting for like they're playing the next move, and she's kind of a, like on the couch behind them, and the rest of the cast is uh, at like that card table or whatever, and she's just like uh, some of the effect of like Jason died by water. Freddie died by fire. How can we use this? I remember like mentally groaning in the theater, hearing that dialogue and then watching it this time. It still has, it, it, it is aged terribly. It's like, yeah, I get it. You have to get that point across. Did anybody think of like, maybe there's a more nuanced way of saying this as opposed to, I'm surprised she didn't look directly at the camera and wink when she said that it was, I, the, some of the dialogue here was just, just, all right, you made your point. Thank you. No nuance. That's my point. I, I guess, you know, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to sound real hypocritical for saying this, but I'm saying that, you know, it's a movie that's called, you know, Oh no, 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 no. You're, right, you're right. It's not high. Uh, I know, but there, I don't know that there's a lot of nuance in, <laughs> in, in, in that concept anyway. Um, but I, I also realize that I'm somebody who's also critical of dialogue a lot of times too. So well, because because like, no matter how much the movie costs, a script has to be completed, right? So words to paper are the cheapest thing to start with, right? Like that's all. Like I don't care what your budget is, you you you're still in the scripting phase. You can come up with dialogue. Like even if it was like if they put in like the the, the margins like placeholder, and it's like then they get to that day of shooting and someone's like, shit, we didn't change that. All right, well, let's just stop for five seconds and think of a better way to say it. Nope, let's just roll with it. It's fine. Okay, I, that's that's fair. And I, I don't know that I can come up with a good enough defense to, to, to uh, uh, offset your argument, so I'm not going to try to argue it. But, Check and mate. No, anyway, continue, please. But I, I, I don't know why I, I don't question it. I think maybe just because of the fact that uh, it's... It's it's Freddy versus Jason. I hate to put it that way, but I'm like, it's big and dumb, and it, it it's okay with being that. And so it's not going to try too hard when it comes to having like a nuanced uh, uh, set of. Uh, oh no, I was going to say dialogue, but I will agree because I mean, after watching uh, revisiting Jason Takes Manhattan uh, recently, uh, I understand that there's nuance isn't something that really comes to these franchises. I get it. Like, you know, it's just, it's the same time though. It's like, this was, wasn't this the most expensive one of all of the movies though? Like the budget on this was actually pretty big compared to the other productions. And it's just, I, I just feel like if this is going to be like your, and also the, the, the marketing on this too was also quite expensive. Like if this is going to be your thing, then I don't know. It just give, put your best foot forward and also get, get the Jason Muse. uh, um, stand in out of there, uh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, it's you got, funny. You, I, you got uh, time to smoke a J in the middle of us running through this mental asylum? <laughs> sure, guess I'm going to light up now. Like what? Like, ugh. Anyway, <laughs> I just I understand. A, it's 2003. <laughs> I understand. It's just this is probably this is the most 2003 movie I've seen in a long time. Uh, even when what was the My Bloody Valentine remake? We talked about that recently. This was uh, around that, that time. That was 2009. Oh, okay. Well, they got a little better. <laughs> 
yeah. So, so yeah. I'm not sure where to go with this now. Um, well, no. So here, here, let me put it to you this way, right? So here, like, I guess I'll put it this. I'll start with this. With you in your heart of hearts, because if I know, I know you don't always like being called the horror guy, which that's fair. Like you, you, you hold multitudes. You're a cornucopia of um, of things. I understand. Uh, but you, both these franchises, you do enjoy a great deal, and um, and they're important to your life. If you were given the opportunity to bring these two together, like if you had your druthers, like could do you think you could come up with a better scenario? Than than what was presented here. No, I, I don't. <laughs> so here's the thing. Okay, all right. If, if you're asking, like, could I have maybe written those characters better as far as in terms of dialogue? I'd like to think so, but I also accept the dialogue for what it is because of the movie that it is. Um, that said, you know what I think was a big problem for a lot of those scripts that I mentioned earlier was they didn't really, they, they, they either had to, they felt like they had to invent something that would bring the two characters together or, and when I mean event, I invent, I mean like literally like a character, like a, a you know, a Damien Necros or whatever that guy's name was. And I mentioned earlier, I was, I, think it was Mark, I was gonna say Mark Draskos, but that's an actual actor. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're, <laughs> The, the, the whole idea is simple enough in this movie where it's just like Freddy's in hell. He needs to, you know, get the fear out with the kids because the, they've forgotten about him. And he uses Jason to do that. I, that's all you need. Like the idea of like trying to intertwine them, you know, they're either their origins, which is a weird thing to do. I guess, you know, it's comic booky. It's also like. Uh, it's it, it it is like an old horror trope as well, where uh, you know you find out some new piece of information that was there all along or whatever. But um, it 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 seems weird to like try and combine those things instead of just being like, hey, let's just you know. And and the the writers actually said this in one of the interviews that I was watching. They said, you know, let's give them what they want. Give them Freddie as you know they they kind of is as the best version of, of Freddy that they know and love the best version of Jason that they know and love. And uh, part of that gets lost when you realize that Kane Hodder's not playing Jason for a lot of fans, but it, in the sense that like it's the two iconic versions of the characters don't mix their origins together. Don't have them fighting in a, well, actually I don't think the, the fight in hell uh, in a large boxing ring is terrible, but uh, I kind of like that idea, but I, I who, the point who would that be I'm their Who would be like the people in their corners? Like you're doing good, Fred. Got to work the body more, you know. <laughs> like I, just, I would love it if you get like Mickey from Rocky down there, just cheering on Fred. <laughs> yeah. I, the point that I'm trying to make is, is that like I, I think that they took the simplest route of trying to give you like a homogenization of who Jason is as a character. Like that's probably in like the, 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 you know, horror fans conscious, like trying to give the best version of that. And then, you know, Robert England, after having kind of admitted that, you know, Freddie's dead, he was tired and things like that. And then, you know, new nightmare didn't go off the way they had hoped. I, I, I think that like they're giving you 
like a, a I don't think the, the the makeup has looked as good in on Freddy in his own series within like you know the, the previous four movies. I think that Freddy versus Jason is one of the best makeups, is what I'm trying to say uh, for him. And actually, I love the look of Jason in this as well. Um, well, okay, so here, here's, does that here, make you know, sense? Though? Yeah, it, like, no, it does. It does. So here, I feel the, like I, it doesn't. It does. So the idea that um, you know he's powerless and needs to recreate the fear. That like that's all actually like and it, it actually kind of hits a little weird now, especially later on whenever uh, the sheriff is like, you know, it's like we gotta we gotta get this thing like one of the kids is like we've been in a quarantine we get it. it's like Ugh, yeah I guess that's that's accurate whatever like the kids in um the Sleepy Hills Hospital wherever the hell it's called um Hills. yeah yeah sure um you know Lone Pines Mall or whatever uh, so. Uh, that that, that kind of makes sense how they're like, oh, all these kids were affected. We're, you know, we're going to just kind of like wipe their slate clean, like, you know, at nighttime. So we're going to keep them as vegetables. Uh, so that way he can't come back. It's like, okay, there, there's, there's, some, there's some good ideas there in terms of like a horror movie. Cause that also shows you the, the, the extent that the humans around will still go to try to stop this thing that they've never owned any ownership for causing like, Fred Fred Krueger deserved to die, no doubt, right? But the townsfolk never like openly admitted to like their own street justice. So there's the sins of the father bit going on with his whole franchise, right? The town still has never owned up to it. They'd just rather not talk about it. So him coming back to torment them, I think that's a cool idea. Uh, and and him feeling like you know like I got to get stronger and do this. And having Jason be the 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 the, the thing to do it, I'm fine with that too it just feels really weird to me in this movie that Jason gets resurrected. His mother's like, go kill them, Jason or whatever. And then he goes to the one house and like, just like closes the one guy up like a bed taco and then wanders away. Like Jason is a force of nature. There will be nobody alive in that house, that street. Like you just, it would just basically, he'd be like doomsday. Like you could not keep him on track but he disappears for large points of the movie. Like where the hell is he going? Like, you know what I mean? Like if, if the whole thing is like, if, if the, if to me, and this is me writing this movie, like years later, if you go to Springwood and you go to that street and you kill people in that house, regardless of who is doing the killing in that house, people are going to start murmuring. Right. And that's going to start, that's going to start stoking the fear. And if they can't identify the guy to begin with, then it's going to get even worse. I think you could have had Jason be like this complete, just wrecking crew at for a while. And the police wouldn't know who it is. The kids wouldn't know who it is, but you see this whole scale slaughter. And the first thing you would think of is Freddy Krueger. And I think that would have worked better versus him just being like, Oh, you did one thing. And then you went over to the other dude's house and, um, somehow, by the way, the one kid, the, the one, the, the one kid that, um, he was sitting on the porch drinking and his dad was yelling at him. Did you not think that father was Alex Jones? That looked like Alex Jones to me. <laughs> right? Uh, uh, unfortunately, I did not make that. Or I should say, fortunately, I did not make that but the, connection. But the, no, like, I, whatever, like the kid wakes up for a second, like his father sitting right beside him and then his head, his, the head falls off. I'm like, Jason yeah. doesn't really wait. Jason's an opportunist, right? Like, I think he'd been like, oh, that kid's sleeping. Eh, free kill. You know, I think that's what happened. I just, I think the the elements of the story are a lot of fun and i i know i'm arguing about logic of like an undead killer and you know a scabby dude that attacks kids in dreams i get that 
I just think that they could have just, if they would just like drilled down just for a little bit more, you could have had a lot more fun with this. I mean, the movie is fun, but I think it could have been more satisfying to the nature of Jason, which we do get a little bit later, but you just, Jason's one of those things you point him in a direction and you get the hell out of the way. And I don't feel like I got that until we got to the, the cornfield with him. Okay, so I'll fully admit that, yes, it's a contrivance that uh, um, Laurie lives in, you know, 1428 Elm Street, like that she lives in Nancy Thompson's house, which is funny because the house follows in the movies, but it's weird. It's not like Freddie ever lived there or anything like that. It was just that Nancy happened to live at that house. So it was always weird to me that they kept bringing the house back. Cause it's like, you know, it, it wasn't that Freddie was exclusive to the house. It was just that Nancy lived there. You don't have to bring the house back each time. Well, it but wasn't the glove yes, and, the, and the, the boiler in the basement in the first movie, like the, the parents kept it there. Like so the they, they kept his, his glove in, in the furnace area of their home. Yes. But like, other than that, y- you know, you, you didn't have to stay in that house is I guess the point that I was trying to make. That's I fair. don't think that would have been a, ever been a, a plot point that someone would have you know picked out from a uh you know had they never gone back to that house and made the sequels i don't think it would be something people would be talking about you know <laughs> I, mean, um, I mean to be fair uh what's her name in dream warriors was living in that house too later right like oh no no she kept building the house yeah you're right yeah. so the house keeps coming back sorry anyway uh you're right so, yeah it's a contrivance i'll i will fully admit that but you're you're missing how cool and i understand you know everybody downstairs should have been killed anyways but like that bed kill is fantastic like i know that like his sleep number is a little different than mine i'll say that (laughs) i know that it's impractical and crazy and it's an over-the-top kill but man like the, the the stabbing portion of it is brutal enough as it is because he just sort of like keeps stabbing it harder and harder into the the guy's back, but then bending him up in the bed. I, no, I don't know. I I no, love it. Uh, I think no, it's a it's fun. The top fun kill. You're and, talking to the guy here that I know we like. So let's okay. Let's let's look at what all of the, what which of these films in the franchises have we covered so far on the podcast? We've talked about Friday Thirteenth Part One in conjunction with the burning. Uh, we've talked about uh, Part Six. No, do we talk about? No, we don't. Talk, we've not talked about Part Six. We've talked about Jason X. Uh, we've talked about uh, Nightmare on Elm Street Dream Warriors. Um, has there been any other the movies here specifically we've talked about on the show? So I mean, like. So um, I, I know that I've brought up Friday the 13th part four, but I can't remember if we've done an episode on I it. I don't think we did. Um, okay. But uh, I, what I'm saying is like, I love Jason X. That movie's dumb as hell, right? But and there's some dumb kills in that and I, I adore it. So yes, I mean, the, the, the bear trap bed kill, whatever it is, is great. So I'll give you that for sure. You know, and, and going further, like you mentioned, uh, the, the, um, the rave, the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the, what's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, oh, also the, can, like, I'm I, this, this movie would always do the slow motion, but it was like the stuttered slow motion, like the fakey slow motion. And I'm like, just stop, just stop it. Just stop. I don't need any of that. That was annoying. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't mind that either. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm an, e- I'm an easy pull for this or, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. That's it's in rap. I think it's also the fact that I keep remembering, like when I saw it in the theater, I had such a good time seeing this movie in the theater, and I got 
<laughs> I shouldn't say this because I, I hate when people talk during movies, but I did get probably the best movie theater laugh I've ever gotten uh, during a movie while watching this. Um, very early on in the movie, uh, we see a, a young girl uh, getting undressed on the front of a, a like a dock and she's getting jumped yeah. into the water. Yeah. And I remember like she's she's getting undressed and like she's running away naked and I just whispered, but I whispered it loud enough so that everyone around me could hear me. I said, This is the best movie ever. <laughs> <laughs> but I just oh. I just remember like that that experience watching the movie was such a good time in the theater and it was like a wrestling match, you know. It was like having never gone to a real wrestling match. It was like that. Yeah, um, there's not not as much nudity, but some. <laughs> um. But uh, that was my. Uh, it was an event. It was a, a, a an epic, yeah, uh, event, if you will. And I had such a good time with it in the theater. So maybe that colors some of it because I just remember how much I enjoyed it seeing it in the theater. Um, but, but yeah, I. I I guess when we get to the cornfield uh, party slash rave or whatever, you know, I, I think that that scene is just ridiculously fun. Like, I, yeah, I mean, it is fun. Like, don't get me wrong. I do like the bit when he, he gets lit on fire by the Everclear and all the other booze and he's just walking through. Like, that's actually a pretty cool shot of this. Like, well, he's on fire now and uh, he's not stopping. And he just, and this is probably one of the, like, uh, and I was reading in the trivia, they said this was kind of like their homage to um, the pool massacre and Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, where Freddy just kind of shows up and just starts just killing all the kids by the poolside. Uh, this was kind of, they reversed it where this is probably, I've never seen Jason be a kid in a candy store before, but that, that is that moment. And that is fun. Yeah, that shot overhead of him walking through the cornfield while he's still on fire. And then he shows up and he takes out a couple people while still being on fire until he accidentally the, hits the, a keg beer shower. with his machete. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had a phone party. But that whole sequence yeah. is, is amazing. Like, I, I love all the stuff with him on fire. I love him just going to town, like, literally, like, hacking people up uh, at a rave. Um, I, I, I found all that stuff to be fun. Actually, I think this movie might have the most, I don't want to say, f uh, most number of favorite kills. I shouldn't say it, say it that way, but like there's, I don't know that there's a kill in this movie that I don't like. We'll put it that way. Well, I don't, I can't say that for the other movies either. There's, <laughs> I'm boxing myself in the kills in this movie. I think are some of, among my all time favorites. I'll leave it there. Yeah, there, no, there's fun to be had here. I guess for me, overall, it's just some of the A to B that bugs me. Um, and then there's also a little bit of like, again, I've already said it before, some of the dialogue. It's just like, ugh. And I get, it's easy to hand away and be like, it is a Freddy versus Jason movie. It's like, fine. But again, you know, you have time to like not make it as um, bad, I guess. Like, I don't, you don't have to, you know, you can still have relatively smart dialogue for some of that. Uh, but can I, let me also speak to like, I understand that like we're supposed to have this cast of characters that we're supposed to somewhat care about. And I know that's not really true because um, you always have like the final people. Great. And we got that here. So it's always a matter of like setting up people to die beforehand. Um, the sheriff, uh, the, not the sheriff, the deputy, the one that like kind of believes them 
Uh, mm-hmm. Like he is like the biggest like red herring in terms of like, I'm going to be around. It's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. Like whenever he leads them into uh, the hospital and he ends up just getting like just obliterated by uh, Jason, like being electrocuting him or whatever. It's like, oh, well you tried. Uh, what was it? Scott Stubbs. Is that the guy? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, like, I thought it was just funny because it's like, you know, you're, I understand that everybody's going to make it, but it's like he he was the one coming in and being like, I think this is a copycat killer of Jason Voorhees. And everyone's like, shut your goddamn mouth. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and, and he eventually shows up to the kids and Jason Mewes is like, oh shit, I was smoking pot. And he's like, we can't, we don't have to, I'm the cool cop or whatever. He, he has the best line in the movie that's not Freddy related where he's like, oh yeah, he's like the Scooby-Doo van outside, you know, it was a tip off. That was a good line whenever you found all the kids um, talking. Um, but I don't know, like some of these, some of these people are just like, I understand they're expendable. That's the point of a horror film, but they were giving them some things to do in the movie that I don't know. Like, it's just, you were expecting maybe just a smidge more and they were out, but I get it. It's a horror movie. So this is my mileage may vary. That's me. Yeah. I, I, I guess, you know, for me, because I, I hear I hear exactly what you're saying, and I think that you have the same problems that a lot of fans have with it. Um, I don't I don't dislike this movie. This actually played for me better the second time around than the first time 18 years ago. Uh, I guess maybe because also it's like you're like finally these guys are facing off, right? And like, and then you know, um, I, I felt like Jason was a little underserved in the first half. Um, I do like the revelation to, to Freddie is like, I, I can't kill this guy. Like what is, what is going on? Like, like to see Freddie actually be confused about something is unique, right? Um, whenever he brings, uh, when he brings Freddie into the dream world and he has the big fight with him, which I don't know. I, I think I was annoyed the first time watching it, uh, in the theater, but I like the pinball sequence now. It's so dumb. I think it's a lot of fun now. Um, it's very in, in line with Freddie, but I like that. He's like, you're in my world now. And he's like, I, this guy, like he's, I don't, he's never run into a, a problem of not being able to kill somebody. And I thought that was actually a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll give you all that. Okay. Um, wow. Uh, you know, I, I guess I don't know where to, to go with that. I will say well, that, uh, yes, you, I, I, I can you're saying people have problems that, with the movie. A lot of people have problems with this movie. And so what are the problems? I, I, well, I think people felt like, oh, it wasn't scary, or oh, it was, you know, too comedic, or you know, <laughs> there wasn't enough nuanced dialogue. No, I'm just kidding. Um, hey, I but, have a name. Thank you. <laughs> I, I guess, you know, for me, it, it delivered on what I thought the premise would be. I, 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 I hate to put it like in such simple terms, and I realize I'm giving this film. A way more leeway than I do a lot of movies, you know, uh, Mr. You know, half hour ago was like, I like knives out fine, but I'll gush about Freddy versus Jason. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Um, well, they're, they're different. They're different type of meals, right? Like, and I get that too. And so let's speak about like, uh, Robert England, you could tell was having a lot of fun with this. Like he was having a ball. And some of the stuff he got to do, uh, and even some of the fight stuff, it's like, I didn't know Freddie actually, um, you know, he, he has, uh, some, uh, almost like, um, not martial arts, but like dudes coordinated with his knife hand. I'll give him credit. 
I've never seen that kind of, um, uh, uh, I mean, I, the, Ronnie used the director of this film when he has done a number of martial arts films and it shows in the choreography of this. And I think that was fun and kind of a revelation for Freddie's character. And I like that. Yeah. The, the fights, you know, uh, yes, there's some digital components to a lot of the effects in the film, but there's also some really great, you know, uh, practical effects, but yeah, I, it, boy, where was I going to go with that? Um, I keep stepping on saying, you should tell me things people have problems with. And then I turn right around and say something positive. So I'm leaving you like uneven, <laughs> une- uneven footing. So I'm sorry. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be like, yeah, this is pretty cool, but tell me why people don't like it. Like, so, <laughs> so I, I think people have these expectations that, you know, it was going to have the, the same sort of scare that whatever they're like most favorite, you know, entry in either series would have been like, I, I think people's expectations were that it was going to be more than what it was. And for me, like I said, it, I, I enjoy it. You know, I <laughs> rumble in the Bronx is a movie that, um, yeah, I would say has worse dialogue than this. Would you at least agree with that? Um, that's a masterpiece. No, it, no, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Rumble in the Bronx is dumb, but that's a lot of fun. So, I guess I guess you caught me. Uh, case closed. Um, no, that's yeah. that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that you know that's another movie where I'm just like, it's not a shame to be what it is. It's big, dumb, and fun, and uh, a, a real spectacle. That was my introdu- introduction to Jackie Chan. I had not seen any of his films before that. So, um, I, the point that I'm making though is is that. For me, I I got it delivered what I wanted out of the movie, so I'm fairly easy on it. I will say that uh, it does have one of the worst Freddy kills with the marijuana worm I, that makes no sense. Um, I don't know. I, I I was telling earlier that I'm like some of the kills in this are probably among my most favorite, but like that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a kill that I like less from the rest of the series, and that might actually be my least favorite because it makes no sense. It might be up there with uh, part four where uh, they didn't have either um, an actor to, to play Freddy available that day or a stunt guy, but there's a fight scene that takes place uh, in part four where uh, the guy is just fighting no one. Uh, it's literally him just punching the wind and they're like, Oh, we're going to put in Freddy sounds. He's going to be invisible while you're fighting him. So, <laughs> that, that might be, yeah. might be my least favorite kill, but this is pretty close. Fair enough. I, that, I didn't like that. I didn't like the, the druggy kid. I just feel like there, you could have handled some of that better, but whatever. I just, um, there's also, I, the idea too, it's like, oh, we got to get Jason back to Crystal Lake, which is fun, but it's like, we're going to keep putting horse tranquilizer in him. And then at one point you just see like the water coming out of his mouth. They're like, they're like, oh, Freddy's killing him. It's like, we got to give him mouth to mouth. And I'd have been like, I, you know what? No, we're all good. We're all, all good. This does not need to happen. Um, it, I mean, it's relatively funny, but it's like, that is like, I understand what we're already at this point where they're taking an undead, undead killer back to his home turf. Um, but it's like, that's almost like, you know, just no one was ever going to put their mouth in that guy's mouth. I'm just, that's all I'm saying there. It was never going to happen. That's, that's true. Um, unless, you know, you, 
you've got Kelly Rowland and you want to make her do something that no one else will. I don't yeah. know. Like, well, yeah. Also like what about, uh, I mean, Freddie has, uh, he has some problematic dialogue, uh, towards the end of the film. Uh, uh you know what I'm talking about? Uh, whenever. He's yeah. It, <laughs> so there's, and then she there's has, a, she has some problematic dialogue to him. So yeah. I don't think that balances out, but they're, it's both bad. And that is not aged well at all. No, no, it, it hasn't. And <laughs> the uh, the writers uh, have kind of come out and said, like, hey, you can check. That's, that line is not in our script. Um, I, I don't know. I guess it must have been written on the set or improvised, but uh, the, the screenwriters have, have, have distanced themselves from that, um, <laughs> which I was going to make the other mention of one of the reasons I think people don't like the movie is that uh, something else that the writers have distanced themselves from as well is uh, people think it's ridiculous that Freddie or that Jason's uh, afraid of water considering that like he's in water and like 50% of the, the time and whether it's like between movies or whatever he's always in water like it's it's he's uh, you know tied to a a rock at the bottom of camp crystal lake or he's on a boat and you know it, he's never really had a fear of water we'll put it that way and i think people dislike that and the writers have said uh you know the idea that we suggested in the script was is that subconsciously jason may have a fear of drowning not being afraid of actual water <laughs> yeah yeah that's so, like the little tiny look like um sheet of waters between uh him and freddie and the dream world and jason's like i don't like this it's like I, I don't know. I think you've been uh, washed in uh, radiation, you know, like radiation, radioactive backwash in New York. I think you're okay with a sprinkle of water. Like that felt a little weird. Yeah. So um, going back to the Kelly Rowland thing real quick. Yeah. They, they, uh, you know, uh, they pointed out that was not in the script and apparently that happened. So maybe, maybe your problem isn't with the script writers because they did write the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they did also write the uh, Friday the 13th remake, which I know you really dig. So I, I don't know. Um, okay, no, no, no. I don't know if I really dig it. I'm just. I, saying, I'm not I, putting it, you down for it. I'm just. I, no, I'm just. I'm gonna, how dare you, sir? No, I. I um, <laughs> I, I've not revisited that since I saw it when it first came out available on video, and I remember not hating it. And there was some. There was some fun stuff in there, but people shit all over that movie, and I don't. Uh, my only problem with that one was that they rushed putting the mask on without really any good explanation for Jason having the mask. But I yeah. guess you go to part three and it's just like, Oh, this guy's just a goofball with a mask. Oh, potato sack. Jason grabs the mask. Now he has a mask. Like I just, and I guess there's a lot of this that I, we just kind of accept as iconic. That was just like, I don't know, put a mask on him. It looks cool. Um, but no, I, um, the interaction between uh, Jason and Freddie, especially when they get to camp crystal Lake, um, that is some of the, the best parts of the movie, which is good. Cause it's the end. Um, that fight that I like that Freddie realizes like he is, uh, he's outmatched like, and this shows a part of him that like, even though he knows he's like, yeah, he's evil and wants to kill. It's like, he's not stupid. And I like how he uses the construction site, uh, to try to even the, the playing field. I think that's actually pretty fun and inventive. Yeah. I mean the, the fight in dreamland obviously gets, Dreamland in Freddy's in Jason's dream between Freddy and Jason, it, it it's uh, a cartoony. There's no doubt about that. But uh, you know the fight uh, uh, in land when uh, she brings uh, Freddy into the real world to fight Jason. 
you know that that it gets a little cartoony yes when they're on the uh construction equipment so i think that's the point that i was trying to make is, is they're both cartoony and um uh, but I, I no, but I like that though. That the whole sequence is pretty fun with using like uh, was it the rebar and trying to get like everything going. And at one point, Freddy tries to move that cart full of stuff to go hit Jason. He gets stuck, and he's like, "Oh, you're kidding me!" Like that's pretty fun. Um, but yeah, just how he realizes that like all he can really do is contain him and try to incapacitate Jason as opposed to out and out kill him. And just, that was that was fun. Um, I, I guess maybe maybe my problem is if you could do a version of this movie where um, the kids just disappear in the first fifteen minutes and you just have them fighting at the camp for the next hour, I'd I'd, I'd probably be okay with that. Well, I clearly have not done a good enough uh, job uh, advocating for the film, uh, no, but, but sure. I no, I, I would just say that uh, you know I. I understand your point, and I get that you know the, the, the problems that, that fans have are not unreasonable. I just, I, I still am just in a space where I'm like, it is what it is. It, it's it's not trying to be anything else. And I think also maybe at the time, you know, we were at the end of the scream cycle in the sense that you know the meta ness of horror was kind of going away, or not going away, but at least not being as prevalent as it was. Um, and we were seeing a little bit more of a return to just regular horror without having to have a commentary on it. Um, that's true. Like we didn't have to have like, well, I mean, there were still some like these kids being smart asses and all of them being super pretty that they tried doing that. Um, yeah. I, so, and whatever, but I like, uh, the, 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 the soundtrack to this, I don't think has aged. Well, you can, I guess you could argue me. Um, like the, the, just the, the brrr of whatever's going on. It's like, I don't know how I feel about that. I also think that, um, 3d or sorry, CGI titles that fly at your face. I think I'm kind of done with that too. Like you could tell this movie is definitely dated from the titles and the music being used where it's like, we gotta have some, just some metal as these guys fight. I mean, I guess I don't know what other music I'd put in there, but it's, um, that that's kind of dated for me, but I know you're more of a metal guy. So maybe you appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I I don't hate the music choices. We'll put it that way. Um, um, I don't know. I I, I think uh, you you're right. Yes, the, there there are very many things that so much so that like I okay. I feel like the '80s for a lot of people just blend together, and so they have this sort of visual like idea of what the '80s are, and they're not really specific to a year. A lot of the times, um, I feel like. Early two thousand movies, like from like two thousand one to say like maybe two thousand four or before, um, maybe it was, maybe it's uh, you know nine eleven that's kind of so ensconced in my brain. But like this movie very much feels like it's a it's if you're like the year is two thousand three, people be like, yeah, that's <laughs> that's exactly how two thousand three felt. Like I, I don't know how how else to put it. Like it's very specifically like. Um, <sighs> It, it feels like a 2003 movie, which I don't know if I can even justify making that statement. But Well, I mean... It, it, just, you, w- you wouldn't go like, oh, it's, it's an 80s film. You'd go like, no, it's specifically a movie from this year because it, it feels very entrenched in that year. Which, I, I mean, there's a lot of stuff from the 80s that feel entrenched there, too. I guess there's a nostalgia for that right now. Let's wait another 10, 15 years. People will be like, oh, man, I love those 2000s films, you know. 
I don't think anybody's <laughs> ever going to say that, but you know, it could happen. Uh, no, it's just maybe, you know, I, I don't, like I said, I had fun watching this, but there's times where I, I don't know about you, but sometimes you're watching a movie and you're like, okay, this is fun. But every so often you're like, I understand what they're aiming for, but I'm just like, really, we're doing, we're doing this now. And it's like, and that's not a fun thing where there's just like bits and pieces here and there, which we've talked about, like some, some dialogue that just kind of bugs me and a little bit here and there. Um, but, uh, you know, when you get down to it, it's just two, you know, uh, monsters fighting each other. Um, so it is a lot of fun in that regard. I'm glad we revisited this. I, I now view this a little bit more fondly than I, the memory of it. Isn't that, isn't that kind of funny how that goes? Like you talk about seeing this in the theater and having a lot of fun. I saw this in the theater too. And when we got to the last shot of Freddie winking at the camera, I was kind of done with the movie at that point. I don't know where my headspace was, but maybe I was trying to be, you know, movies can be serious all the time, you know, but now I'm just, please just give me robots fighting each other and I'm good. So maybe I, maybe my, um, perception and expectations have changed, which I think is a good thing as you get older, then you can kind of widen your expectations and horizons. Maybe I was looking down the, you know, the tip of my nose at this being like, well, that's not, that's not like serious horror. And then I went back and, you know, um, cried myself to sleep watching the exorcist over and over again. I don't know, but it left a weird taste in my mouth then. And then working at a video store for years and seeing this cover, it just, none of it ever made me want to revisit this movie, but then you suggested <laughs> it and I, you know, I had fun with it. And at right now at this point in my life, I would prefer, I would prefer enjoying something and having fun with something than being like, this is an important thing to watch. And I need people to know that I've watched an important thing. I'm kind of over that. Well, this is an important movie that I watch. So. <laughs> you know, I mean, no. not that I'm saying you can't watch important movies and like and really dig into them, right? But I don't know about you, but was there a certain amount of like posturing? Like, for like, I felt like for me, it's like I've seen this. It's like who cares? You know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. I, I used to. Uh, I also used to think that I was some sort of film aficionado and you know it's it's amazing as the older that i get the, how much i realize i don't know a lot about a lot of things you know uh and i i just mean like movie wise like there's there's so much stuff that i don't know uh and it's it's proven you know uh, daily every time i listen to a podcast or something where people are talking about a movie and i'm like oh i did not know that well, and, and, um, and also, it's but a, I, uh, sorry, go, please, I think please. I thought I had very important views. We'll put it that way. <laughs> and I know I was making the joke earlier in this episode about how my, my viewing day on Saturday was watching uh, two Hitchcock films and then Freddy versus Jason in the middle. Like, um, you know, they, they were totally different. Like, however, like after digging into Hitchcock and reading about his career and everything, um, I honestly think that he would have had a lot of like, he would have had some glee watching some of the stuff being shown on the screen here because a, he could have never gotten away with it. And I think he also likes, you know, some of this, like his, his work with like, like psycho and, and frenzy and other things paved the way for these franchises to exist. Right. So I can't, I can't be like, Oh, I was watching Hitchcock, like this master director. How, how dare, like, I'm going to judge these things differently. I can judge them differently for what they are in terms of their genre and their target and what's going on with it. But at the end of the day, did I have fun watching this movie? Yes. Um, do there, is there things in it that I wish were a little better handled that I think would have helped this maybe, um, cross the finish line a little better? 
Absolutely. But I could probably make that statement about almost every sequel outside the original of both of these franchises. So I, I guess there's like, you know, I guess I talked myself into a corner. You win, Steve. Ta-da. No, I'm just finally, finally, I won. Finally. <laughs> and you, you walk up out of the water holding my head and I wink at the camera. Well, it's, it's interesting. <sighs> All the reasons that I love this movie are probably the same reasons, or I probably have the same reasons that you have, or issues that you have with this movie, as I do. Like the following year, we would get another versus movie. We would get Aliens versus Predator. Oh Jesus, yeah. Let's never talk about that one. All right. Continue. And uh, I remember I saw that movie against my will because I'm like, "There's no way this is going to be good. There's no way this is going to be good," and I was right. <laughs> but I, I'm sure there's somebody out there who can make. You know, the same case that I just made with Freddy versus Jason, where my whole entire argument is it's big, it's dumb, it, it knows that, and it's okay with it. Like, people would probably make that same argument for, for that movie. So I, I can I can see how I'm, I'm you know, uh, probably giving this w- much more uh, rope than I would another movie. Well, it's big um, and dumb, but you could tell the people that, that wrote the script as much as I feel like, you know, I know that you talked about some of the dialogue they didn't write, which, you know, good on some of that. You could tell that they loved both franchises and was trying to, um, you know, make them make sense. So at least it wasn't like the things you mentioned previously where it's like, what if we have a cult that are called Fred heads, which that sounds like all they do is just like, goddamn drive around and follow Dave Matthews band. It's like, yeah, we're just a bunch of Fred heads. It's like, who's Fred? He's the third guy on the bongos in the back of the Dave Matthews band. We're all Fred heads, you know, whatever. Um, I, no, no, that would have been that, that, that gets away from why we want these movies. So, um, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think that this was from a place of love. I just think that some of the execution could have been better handled, which, you know, again, that's my opinion. But, um, after seeing this again, like, uh, <laughs> it feels like right in line with the later output for both franchises. So again, and I'm a big fan of Jason X and people get, I've, I've talked to people that don't like that movie whatsoever. And I can respect that. Like I, I can forgive Uber Jason. I don't know why I can forgive Uber Jason, but I, I think it's hilarious. Um, and so I should probably be a little bit more lenient towards this. If I love Uber Jason. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, and again, in a uh, series or, you know, two franchises, if you will, you know, with uh, 13, no, um, uh, I'm sorry, more like closer to probably 20 movies now between the two of them, um, seven nightmare movies, at least 13. Yeah, so we're in the ballpark of 20. Um, You know, this is... this is going to fall somewhere in between probably all the movies that you've seen. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, as long as you're looking to have a good time with it and you're, you're not thinking too critically of it, I think it's a great movie. But again, I know that I would have that argument used against me on movies that I don't like as well. So, yeah, I think it boils down to that in your mind, there's always these like certain lines of like, I don't like that. Or I like that. And you can never explain it. It's just your personal preference. Right. Yeah. And you love what you love. Um, and I, I'm glad that we watched this. I had fun with it. No doubt. And seeing Robert England, like just chew up the scenery. He, he has a lot of good moments in this. 
And, um, uh, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of the Jason design in this, but whatever. I, they still give him things to do. Like I like, like, you know, should every, every, uh, cornfield, uh, rave should be on notice that Jason could be out there somewhere. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know, but, um, yeah, it's a fun movie and it's not perfect. Um, but again, you could say that about almost any any of the the two franchises. So I guess that's where I'm at. Like I liked it. I brought you my qualms. You told me why they're not qualms for you, and um, we've come out still friends. We're not. It's not Paul versus Steve. You know, um, not yet. Not yet. You know, <laughs> until we get what's his name, uh, Mark Darkman or whatever, to show up and bring the two <laughs> franchises together. Dominic Necros. Oh uh, yeah, uh, Doctor Mordred. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, uh, yeah, I guess it's just, um, you know, you recommend this, uh, it's available on HBO max right now and you, you could do worse for an hour and 40 minutes, you know, like this, it's just fun. Turn on your, turn off your brain and watch it. Just ignore Jason Muse. It's not really Jason Muse, but this kid's trying so hard and I'm sure that everybody was like, you need to be Jason Muse. And if that was the case, where's the Kevin Smith, uh, stand in, if you're going to, where's, where's, um, you know, where's Bob? He uh he was the guy with the Everclear. <laughs> oh, that'd been funny if they would put a backwards hat on him though, and like the the the, the coat just to kind of <laughs> like take the piss out of it. But yeah, um, yeah, it's fun, and I guess it's where like I guess what it comes down to this is yet another conversation on this podcast where it's like it's a genre film that it has problems. There's a history, but we both kind of like it. And but Steve, you're a champion. I I was I honestly thought when you picked this that you would come out swinging because of your love of both characters. But I now understand why you do like this film because of your love of both characters. If that makes sense. Yeah. If for me, it's just a fun time. I, I, I know I should probably want more of it, but it, it does enough for me that I give it, you know, the, okay, it's kind of like, I, I don't have as much of an investment in Godzilla Kong, uh, as, um, I'm sorry. And Wayne. Ver- I'm sorry. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and Wayne. But I don't have as much of an investment, you know, in those two two characters. But uh, after my Wayne hot take, we had some technical difficulties. So I do apologize for interrupting the show there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I guess we're just going to wrap it up. Like in terms of Godzilla versus Kong, you said that you did not have as much vested interest for those two characters. I mean, fair enough, you know, but. Uh, and you have a vested interest in uh, Jason and Freddy. Um, yeah, yeah, the uh, the point that I was just trying to make is is that like either way, I'm hoping it's a good a good fight, and that's that's where I was going with in relation to this. So, yeah, I mean, I hope it's like sanctioned and refereed correctly, and that people don't get upset. Like you know, like hey, the ref should have called that. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I guess, uh, the, the overall, I just say it's a fun movie. It, it, it is what it is. And, uh, it was enough for me. Fair enough. Um, I will say this, I saw a headline on the AV club about uh, Godzilla versus Kong. They're like, now we get to, someone has to figure out, um, how much of those, those creatures poop. I'm like, that's great. I'm glad that there's an article out there about how big the poops are from King Kong and Godzilla. Cause they'd be massive and problematic. So <laughs> It certainly would. Which also, um, that's that's me in my forties too with some of this stuff. Anyway, you know, you're like you just have a night at Taco Bell and it could be massive and problematic. My God, <laughs> I don't know where to go after that. 
Freddy vs. Jason. A lot of fun. Glad we talked about it. It was a nice uh, palate cleanser <laughs> versus, uh, you know, uh, the Snyder Cut. Yep. Um, and it, this has been a weird, it's been a weird few weeks, right? We, we did, um, oh, uh, we did some Supermans. We did a Justice League. And then um, what was it? Our other year, the sequel was, uh, oh, that was, that was Superman too. Sorry. And we did mm-hmm. a, another thing too. We did like three comic book things and then this, right? So, um, yeah, it's been a weird run, but this was a great kind of way to kind of wrap up the month. Um, because we didn't have to overthink it. We just got to have some fun. And I, I would argue that this movie got Jason and Freddie understood them better than Zack Snyder understood Batman and Superman. I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for the discussion there. You guys can find us on Facebook and invasion of the podcast. Uh, let us know your thoughts about Freddie versus Jason, uh, Freddie versus your mom or whatever else, or Jason versus your, you know, your stepdad that went out to get cigarettes. I don't know. That's a lot of movies that should happen. Uh, you guys can email us directly at invadingpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us. It'd be greatly appreciated. And Steve, how can people find you? You can find me at the Saturday Night Slasher.com. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram under the Saturday Night Slasher. And just remember, if you do go there, right now we're running a, a giveaway, a contest. Uh, just uh, follow the Saturday Night Slasher on either Facebook or Instagram. Uh, like the post and uh, tell us who your favorite slasher is. And you can win uh, two, uh, or win free copies of issues one and two of the Saturday Night Slasher, plus a free sketch of the slasher of your choosing. Nice. All right. So yeah, everybody go do that. Go support the page. Go uh, tell everybody your favorite slasher is, um, you know, that, that'd be a lot of fun. It'd be fun to see what people come up with. So anyway, uh, speaking of slashers, speaking of serial killers, cause I would argue, I mean, I, like <sighs> Freddy's a serial killer is, I mean, Jason kills a lot of people. His motive other than his get off my lawn. Is he a serial killer or is he just a, just a, just a straight up murderer. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, what would you consider him? I would say he's got a repeated MO. So that makes him a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. Get off my lawn. I'm just going to go after you. You're doing what? All right. Anyway. So with that being said, we're going to, we're going to get to our game here involving uh serial mascots. And uh, we're going to see who, who could make it to the end here. Steve's going to decide who is the greatest serial killer. Time to play the game. So first, it is going to be a bracket of 16, so the math will work out, I'm hoping, because math is not my good spot. But uh, you, you got to do the play-in game, right? There's always like that the, the bubble people, right? Uh, you're going to decide between Snap, Crackle, and Pop which one of them moves on to the, the Sweet 16 of Serial Mascots. Okay. So who is it? Is it Snap, Crackle, or Pop? Which one is going to go? Like, who do you, of those three little elves that make the Rice Krispie Treats, who is moving on? I'm going to say Crackle. Okay. Um, I, I, I don't disagree with that. Um, I, I don't know what the other two <laughs> I like done. how there's a right choice. Yeah, I don't I, know. Like, I, mean, I can't argue with you that Crackle is It's one right of my favorite place. candy bars. I'm fine with that. Um, yeah. And crackle sounds more menacing. Well, I guess snap and pop. I mean, I don't know. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I guess I make all these noises. But all right. So, okay. Uh, first match up here, aside from that, uh, that battle royale, those three. Uh, Sonny, the Cocoa Puffs uh, mascot, uh, that, that crazy bird that goes cuckoo for that ch- cereal, or Toucan Sam for loop. So you got your cereal birds. Who, who, is, who is moving on there? Can I, can I 
base these on on like my flavor preference. Whatever you're the one you're making the judgment. One will live wow. and one will die horribly. Because there's there's part of my brain that's like you know oh what's what what does this look like in your head? Like what would a battle between these two majestic birds be? Um, and then there's the other side of my brain that's like which one do you find more delicious? Like cereal wise um, or bird wise? <laughs> <laughs> Both? Uh, <laughs> like, I don't know what Sunny is. I just, I mean, I don't know if toucans have that much body mass other than their, their beaks, right? So I've never heard of, of toucan being like a, you know, like, hey, we got to go get some fried toucan tonight. <laughs> I think I'll look into it, see if it's a delicacy. Maybe we're onto something. They serve it in the beak. Like, they just take the rest of the body. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, poor birds. <laughs> so wrong. All right. Um, you know, I'm going to say uh, Sunny is probably, I was going to say <laughs> Sunny might have <laughs> some issues with his uh, mental stability. <laughs> I was trying to be generous yeah. about it. But we, just you know, we don't know. We don't know what the designation of cuckoo is, but it's not great. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, uh, it, it, it's definitely not a, uh, affirmative word or a, a positive word but uh yes i think sunny is just crazy enough that he'll try anything in a fight okay, and toucan fair. sam is you know he's 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 i was gonna say much more loving but he's, he's got you know all the colors of the rainbow and yeah you know so yeah we'll, we'll say that uh toucan sam doesn't know how to fight and sunny Sonny will do anything to win a fight, so he wins. Fair enough. All right, so oh, that I, I don't disagree with anything you said there. So, uh, Tricks the Rabbit or Tony the Tiger? Oh, I mean, Tony the Tiger is going to eat Tricks. There's there's no two ways about it. He's a tiger, for God's but sake. But his name's Tricks the Rabbit. <laughs> like he's he's sly and sneaky. Yeah, I don't know how many sneaky rabbits there are getting away from lions. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, again, don't disagree with that. Uh, Lucky the Leprechaun from Lucky Charms or Diggum Frog from Sugar Smacks, which I think uh, you once gave me a wrestling name of uh, something, uh, the Sugar Smack or whatever, right? In one of the episodes yeah. we did. Yeah. I think the fabulous Sugar Snap <laughs> might have been. Yeah, I think so. Uh, yeah. So let's see here. Um, I feel like Lucky the Leprechaun would. I mean, I, I know that I'm thinking too much of the Leprechaun as a horror figure, but uh, I'm going I'm to give it to him because okay. I, I have a feeling that he would uh, he would do what needs to be done, whatever that means. <laughs> All right. Uh, do, uh, next one. I think this is already biased, but here's the next matchup. It is, uh, and this. And so credit to my wife. Uh, the other, like yesterday, I um, I was like, hey Mary, I was like, if you want to help the podcast, she's like, well, what? I was like, can you just look up like serial mascots? She's like, oh, okay. So she gave me a list, and she's like, it's important that you put this one in here. Uh, Count Alfred Chocula, because she found out that Count Chocula's first name is Alfred. So I think that's amazing. So you got Count <laughs> Alfred Chocula uh-huh. versus Minnie who is the mascot of frosted mini wheats. So you got the mini, like the actual mini wheat versus count, uh, count Chocula. Well, I feel like, you know, I, I, I feel like count Chocula is the, the more trained fighter of, of these two. I feel like he's the one, uh, who's, you know, he's, he's a vampire for God's sakes. I mean, like many, I, I many feel have like seen some shit. You don't know. Like, like it's, <laughs> Well, I feel like Minnie is the one who's like sitting beside you, you know, teaching you math and, you know, helping you learn while you're, you know, having your breakfast. Whereas Count Chocola is, 
you know, a B movie that uh, you watch for enjoyment. So I get it. You're just wedging Count Chocolate in here. I get it. It's fine. All right. So Count Chocolate was. I'm, I'm joking. Um, well, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I, was gonna I, say, I think Barry had the yeah. other monster cereals there too. I'm like, I can't have them all because Steve would be like, I don't know who to choose now. You know, like aside from Boo Berry, I know that's like he's your first love, right? Yeah, Boo Berry is my favorite. <laughs> well, uh, Boo Boo Berry Ghost is not in this lineup. Uh, All right. Neither is a Fruit Brutes or a Frankenberry or a, or a Yummy Mummy for that matter. Uh, so we got Cap'n of Cap'n Crunch or Buzz the Honey Bee from Honey Nut Cheerios, and we do not know if Cap has a um, if he's not allergic to bee stings. I don't know this or not. <laughs> <laughs> so are you saying that it could be possible that uh you know he would uh suffer the same fate as uh, macaulay culkin in my girl <laughs> yes exactly yes okay um well I, I again i feel like you know the the honey nut cheerios would be very you know he's very helpful and friendly he's got a little bit of you know charm to him you know i i think that uh I think Captain Crunch is, is going to eat him for lunch, basically. Oh, like he's going to eat him for brunch. Okay, I like it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now we got um, Crackle, who survived in, uh, who's now in the Sweet 16, uh, versus the Cookie Crook from Cookie Crisp. <sighs> I, you know, I, 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 I probably have mentioned this before because I, I used to really love cookie crisp as a kid too. And like, I'm still amazed that my mom ever bought me a box of it. Like it's, just like, it's tiny cookies with, you could just have for breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm still surprised. Like, I mean, I guess she was, you know, the mother of three, uh, with a young, <clears throat> and I was the youngest and, uh, you know, she probably had to make some decisions that uh, were quick, easy fixes, uh, after my dad died, like, well, you know, everything's horrible right now, but here's some cookies, Steve, just eat them for breakfast. Um, but like, so it's like, and, that then, there's, be a commercial. and then there's also this... cookie crisp available too. Like, here, just, you know, well, that's the thing. Like, yeah. you know, that should be the commercial. It should be, <laughs> God damn it. Like, just be like, things are terrible. I don't even care anymore. Eat that box of tiny cookies. You son of a bitch. Like, just what? Like cookie crisp. It fills the hole in your heart. Eventually, you know, um, exactly. Oh man, that got dark with Cookie Crisp. So right. I guess on that that alone, he's got to win. Okay, all right. Let's move it on there. Um, I just the more I think about it, um, well, that's dark. That's not what I'm getting at. Uh, is like breakfast cereal in general is like just it is it is a it's just it's a series of bad habits as kids that you never shake. You know, it's just like, oh, I got to have cereal in the morning. It's like, you're just dumping garbage into you. Like, yeah, but it's cool looking. Like, you know, like I don't, I don't eat cereal anymore. Like I just, you just, I miss it, but it, it's like, it's like, it's like dessert for breakfast and you, you, you shouldn't have that as a grown up. you know, like that doesn't feel responsible to me. Yeah. I, I still, so I'm trying to think, I, I, I eat boxes of cereal now and then. I don't eat cereal every day. I think I find myself actually eating cereal at times when it's not breakfast. <laughs> like I will have cereal for dinner or, you know, a late night snack, that kind of thing. So um, I, I'm pro cereal, I guess. I know. That's fair. All right. So next one up here is King Vitamin, um, which I've never had, but I've seen. Or at least I've heard of King Vitamin. Uh, and then C3PO of C3PO's. 
Oh man. You know, you, you, you want you want to give it to C3PO just because he's a Star Wars character, but did you ever try C3PO's cereal? No. Okay. And I, I feel like this is across the board with most licensed cereals. They're always terrible. Like um, the ghost, the real Ghostbuster cereal. I don't remember being very good. Um, it wasn't made with real ghosts. It was not made with real ghosts. Um, I was just trying to think of some of the other ones, but like uh, the Batman cereal, which even if it's thirty years old, is probably just as good as it was when I mean, it first that, came that out. That was basically Captain Crunch in Batman shape, right? That's all it was. It right? it did yeah. not taste like Captain Crunch, though. It was in that shape, but it was not as good as Captain Crunch. So. The point that I'm making is, is that uh, uh, actually, do I have a point? Really, are you, gonna go with, are, you, are you saying King Vitamin, which I've never had, is going to go on versus C3PO's? Yeah, I'm like, I don't know how I got off on this tangent, but uh, okay, I, I'm gonna let King Vitamin win. Okay, all right. So C3PO the last one have been in the cereal business in the first place. This last one's going to just wreck the bracket. I can tell you right now. Is it going to be Urkel of Urkelos or Mr. T of Mr. T cereal? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that seems easy enough. I mean, it's got to be Mr. T. Oh, I was worried for a second. He'd be like, did I do that? And it's like, this T's gone. <laughs> All right. We're down to our elite eight here. So we got Sonny, uh, who is the crazy son of a bitch for Cocoa Puffs, versus Tony the Tiger. Oh, wow. I feel like, you know... That he's a tiger. He's going to eat him. I feel like that's going to be my argument every time he comes up, though. Like, is uh, is Tiger King? Is that like affected you now? Where it's just like you're just going to nope. Like we're done. It's <laughs> we're done here. I don't know what it is, but you know, I mean, at first it was the Trex Rabbit. I'm like, well, there's no way he's not eating him. I I don't know. You know, Sonny can be uh, cuckoo all he wants, but I don't know if that's going to help him fend off a lion attack. I just feel bad that Tony eats him. We, oh, don't, we don't know. We don't know what he's going to ingest other than cocoa puffs. There could be something else going on, like hallucinogens or whatever. We have no idea. So uh, Tony might be uh, a bit off after eating uh, Sonny. Yeah, I just I think the <laughs> I think that uh, Tony is great. So he's he's good. <laughs> I don't know. Right, so Tony's, He's gonna win. Tony's moving on, right? So yeah. Lucky the Leprechaun or Count Alfred Chocula. This is really just a listening to your heart situation at this point. <laughs> like, I, I'm sitting here trying to come up with these rationales, but I'm just like, there's no way. Like, I'm an adult. I got to think of scenarios in which there'd be combat amongst serial mascots. That's where, you know. <laughs> like would Lucky uh, would Lucky throw the horseshoe at uh, you know the vampire and then use the red balloon to get up to the sun? You know, <laughs> it, you know, whatever. I don't know. I I, I believe that uh, that uh, Count Chocula is going to win. Okay, fair enough. Uh, this is going to make an interesting uh, final four. I'll tell you that. All right, uh, Captain Crunch versus the Cookie Crook. Uh, well, you know, Captain Crunch. He's a man of order. He's a man of the law. I don't know why he's a man of the law. I guess captains don't he's have a, to be. He's a captain of breakfast law. cereals in the open sea, you know. <laughs> I guess he's not a cop. So, uh, but I'm going to put him. Cop and crunch. Yeah, yeah. He cracks down on the cookie crook. All right. I'm going to put him as the winner in that bout. Okay. So now we got King Vitamin versus Mr. T, which <laughs> I that's a sentence I never thought I'd say out loud because that doesn't make any sense to me. All right. I mean, there's no way that. 
King Vitamin survives. <laughs> Mr. T. All right. All right. So our final four. Okay. So here we go. Tony the Tiger versus Count Alfred Chocula. There we go, Steve. There we go. This this Ooh. has to be a tough one for you. That is a tough one. Um, <sighs> I, I, I think that uh, the fact that Count Chocula is supernatural uh, aids him. But, <laughs> That's Tony, not but really Tony's like, like a self-aware talking tiger, you know? Like... <laughs> Okay, so we got uh, Count Chocula uh, defeating the Tiger, so he's made it to the final round. Now we have Cap'n Crunch versus Mr. T. Hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think if, uh, you know, Mr. T has, you know, the same abilities as a real live Mr. T. Are there differences? I, I don't remember Mr. T having any superpowers in that show. So well, his, his uh, ability to not pity any fools is is paramount right like that's you know that's amazing and and also Captain crunch is a man of the sea and not the air so he does not have an advantage there because mr t uh sorry b.a baracus was terrified of air travel <laughs> i i forgot about that but yeah that's that's absolutely right um I feel like Mr. T is going to win. I, I don't see Captain Crunch being the one who's going to take down Mr. T. Okay. It's, that's just me. All right. So here you go. This is going to, this is going to be uh, the fight of the century for the serial mascots. Um, who is it going to be? Count Alfred Chocula or, <laughs> or, or Mr. T. <sighs> I got, I got to, I got to give the edge again to, to Count Chocula. Oh, Oh, Okay, this is getting... It's, all right, okay, explain why, please. Uh, I mean, it's the same idea as I was saying earlier that, uh, you know, how uh, branded cereals were never really as good as the okay. stalwarts, and I feel like, you know, you know, Mr. T wasn't as good of a cereal uh, when it came to quality as uh, Count Chocula. Count Chocula's been around the block. He knows the ways. Uh, he's supernatural, and he's delicious. <laughs> So he's got all, he's got everything going. That's all valid. Uh, I think okay, so that's your winner. Uh Count Chocolate wins the 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 serial uh mascot uh, uh fight throw down there whatever. Uh that'll be fun. I just got to tell everybody if you want to see some fun Mr. Steve Mr. Steve Mr. T stuff, go find a video of him going apple picking with Conan O'Brien. That's a lot of fun. Uh and then there's a bit and was it Conan O'Brien's like like what was it? Oh one of the anniversary specials they put on NBC whenever it was like the 10th anniversary special and Mr. T comes out with this big gold chain with a number seven on it. And he's like, I brought this to you, Conan. And Conan's like, thanks. He's like, you know, like this is the 10th anniversary special. So I've been on the, the air for 10 years. He's like, yeah. And seven have only been good. And he hands up the chain and walks away. It's like, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> so yes. All right. Um, yeah, that's going to do it for us this week. Hope you guys enjoyed the conversations that we had here about all sorts of things. Um, so what's going on next week is nothing. Absolutely nothing. We're taking a week off because uh, um, I, I have uh, some homework to do to get ready for other things. And we'll talk about that when it happens. Uh, uh, but the week after that, when we come back, we're going to be looking at the, the documentary because the kids are excited for the documentaries these days. That's all they want to do is watch documentaries. Uh, we're going to be looking at the last blockbuster documentary. Uh, Steve had pitched this to me. He's like, I don't know. Did you really want to talk about this? I'm like, I've not seen the documentary, but um, based upon previous work experience, I have no problem talking about this documentary. So this will be fun. 
It'll be interesting. I, fe- I feel like I need to go back and review those uh, old blockbuster training videos that are on YouTube oh, now. God, no, uh, oh, no. So that yeah. I can ask pointed, you know, questions of you of. <laughs> Uh, what your experience was. If you start asking me about like, how to operate the point of sale, I'm just going to shut it down and I won't even remember. I'll be done. I'll be like, yeah. Um, I was you, just shocked to find out that you had a, a, a quota. Yeah. We'll talk about that when we come like, yeah, we'll talk about the last days of blockbuster. I will say real quick though, people would return uh, the wrong thing in cases. And so we had to call them and there was definitely, this is when PS3 first came out. And this is a real quick story, everybody, before we're out. And someone had put an adult video in the case by accident and returned the game case. And we would call them and be like, hey, you um, you didn't drop the game off. They're like, yeah, we did. It's like, uh, that's not what's in the case. So they're like, well, what's in the case? You're like, um, it's not the game. Like we couldn't really get specific <laughs> about what was in the case because we didn't want to get into it. And we didn't want to embarrass the person. Right. But yeah, that, that stuff happened. Um, but anyway, so yeah, we'll watch the last blockbuster. Uh, I think that'll be a great talk, but everybody have a, have a good, uh, a good week this week. Have a good off week, I guess. Um, watch Freddy versus Jason. And, um, I, you know, I, I usually have something witty that's not really that funny to end the show on, but I, I got nothing now. Just, um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, wh- you kill one with fire and one with water. How can we use it? That That's my quote. That's not a very good quote. It's big and it's dumb and I like it. <laughs>